hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Haunted Mansion. I can't wait to go to Spirit Halloween, not a sponsor, and pick up my hat box costume. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello! Welcome, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing I don't know well. why I'm saying welcome, Aaron. You're here every week. I, I, I'm I happy to be... I don't, I never get welcomed. You know, no. I, I I don't go into an office. So I don't I, know I if you can up see it, but there's a welcome mat no one... right in front of me just for you, buddy. <laughs> no one welcomes me, so I'm glad to get the welcome. Welcome to you, Abe. Oh, thank you. Welcome to Mooseport? What? No. Oh, hey. <laughs> One of Gene Hackman's last roles. It, it is his last role, and it's a terrible movie, and it makes me feel bad. I'm like, I, I'm sorry that you're old and you're happy writing books, but I want you to do one more thing. He looks to... great at, like, 92. He's doing, I mean, he's rides his bike. He does his job, yeah. right? But at the same time, I was like, I need one more movie to, like, solidify Gene Hackman as far as, like, he went out on top. <laughs> you know, let's get, you know, I don't know, Runaway just, Jury 2, running hard. think about it as uh, he was done with the Royal Tenet Bombs, and that was it. That's what I like to think of it as, but of course, but there still is that runaway jury. Remember the trailer for that movie? Uh, no, I don't. You're but, losing uh, me, my jury. That's what he says in the trailer. <laughs> I can actually see him saying it right now in my head. So, and that was Gene Hackman talk. Thank you for coming to our podcast this week. That was that was Hack Chat. Yeah. Um. All right. Out now is a film podcast. Where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into the movies. We most appropriate review. The occasional commentary track or some other other fun movie topic. This is episode five hundred and forty three five four three. Ripe for a haunting. Exactly. And this week we're talking the haunt Disney's haunted mansion. I feel like what is it? It's haunted, it's just haunted mansion. Yes, I think, think it's just haunted, no article. I could because the 2020 the 2003 film is the haunted mansion. Correct. Yes. So it's and the Muppets one is Disney's The Muppets Haunted Mansion. Yes. Uh, of course so yeah. now we've got that. that all straight uh haunted mansion that's the film we're discussing i've heard some critics have called it a ghoulish delight i don't, I don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see what we're talking about but um joining us to discuss the haunted just discussing haunted mansion we have for movies marcus recording straight from his doom buggy it's marcus robinson hey um yeah i noticed that none of the films have javier bardem in them <laughs> so i was kind of confused but yes i'm here we got the American Javier Bardem, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Also joining us from the Noir Tour. Some call him Black Prince. I call him Angry Skeleton. It's Terrence Johnson. You are so disrespectful to Javier Bardem. <laughs> like, you should have, how dare you compare right? Jared Leto <laughs> to Javier Bardem. That is so disrespectful. <laughs> I get it. Oh he doesn't sing. <laughs> Does not dance? He probably dances. Wasn't isn't he in a band? Three, three. I was talking about Javier right now, but yeah. <laughs> Leto, yes, Leto's in the band and sings. Does Javier Bardem sing? Javier of course Bardem, he does. Javier Bardem was gonna play Guido Contini in Nine, but he had to drop out, and then we got saddled with Daniel Day Lewis. A real downgrade when anybody's involved with Daniel Day Lewis. That's what they say. Have you seen the movie? He was bad. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that whole movie is bad. I mean, well, it's... yes, because Rob Marshall was like the Little Mermaid's Rob Marshall was like, yes. oh, you want? Oh, I'm doing a musical. So let's do Chicago again. And it's like, 
these are different musicals. <laughs> Let's go back to my question. Does Javier Bardem sing? Okay. Am I missing something here? Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. What am I what am I not thinking of? Have you not seen the crocodile movie? Yeah, you bring well, it up all the time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I know well. you stopped it halfway through. <laughs> what is he? I, I okay. Recall, yes, I did fall asleep and woke up and I'm like, okay, I get it. He sings, but I'm throwing to the crocodile. But I mean, the only thing I see Hopper right up doing is like making fucking noise, like slapping his face and stuff. And like, does he actually sing in that movie? He's also Spanish. Of course he sings. I, like, he sings in that Lucy movie he got strangely nominated for. <laughs> Wait, is oh, he yeah. Spanish? Yes, he's Spanish. Yes. <laughs> I was like he could be Ecuadorian. I don't know. Listeners, no, right he's, in. He's he's he's, he's Spanish. He's European. <laughs> yes, he's yes. European. Of course, he sings. Yes. Yes. And that was Bardem chat. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh wow, that was Bardo banter. Wow. Um, <laughs> let's uh, what are we doing here? Let's let's get some show notes in. Uh, first up, new commentary track. Uh, we've been doing superhero summer all summer long. As far as the commentaries are concerned, we talk about a lot of superhero movies uh, every month. Uh, we would watch we watched X two in May. We talked Zorro in June, and for the 15th anniversary, we talked The Dark Knight for this month's commentary track, a film that had lots of opinions. Uh, a lot of fun to record that one. Uh, be sure to check it out. It's on iTunes now. Where you can find all the episodes of our show. And if you find all the episodes of our show, you can also find that tab that says ratings and reviews, which you can give us one. That'd be great. Thank you so much in advance. Let's get to the real thing here that we do in the show notes these days. The 11th annual summer movie gamble. Oh boy. Mm, <laughs> um, all, the, all of us, including you guys and many other frequent guests of the show are, are participating in the 11th annual summer movie gamble. We're predicting the top 10 highest grossing movies of the summer. And obviously last weekend was huge. It was Barbenheimer. Uh, it was, it was a big thing. And, and this week uh, that continued uh, mm-hmm. both films, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, they dropped, under 50%. Barbie dropped 43%. Bob and I dropped 44%. That means that they still made a lot of money. So Barbie made another $93 million. Uh, That puts the total at 351 uh, (laughs) domestic. It's not past Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse yet, which is at 378, but it's going to happen. Barbie is is going to be the number one film of the summer. Uh, Oppenheimer is at 174, which puts it past Indiana Jones and most of the other things it's like the only thing it's behind right transformers now transformers and stuff transformers which is transformers which respect to transformers did quite well mm-hmm. um yeah. it's at like 150 so what where is it i forgot where to go i lost it uh 156 mm-hmm. um so it's uh it, it, the only thing it's behind right now is i think little mermaid which is at 296 which is mm-hmm. uh, i i i think that's probably out of its reach but who knows <laughs> the rate things are going pretty incredible that barbie <sighs> in its second week has still made more than Oppenheimer in its opening, which is again, you named the percentage, but just what a role. And I, I thought it was a joke when people were writing that it's going to surpass $700 million worldwide on Twitter or oh, no. X. No, no, no. Uh, and no, that is not a falsehood at all. I mean, no, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's burgeoning. It's, make a billion dollars. it's burgening on a billion dollars. Yes. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it's a matter of, will it pass Mario at this point? That's, that's what they consider. Yeah. Um, so yeah. based on this, mm-hmm. who even had Barbie top five? Uh, friend of the show, Jordan Grout, had it number one 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's winning. He he took the swing. Perhaps. Yeah. It, it's a perhaps. Like yeah. that certainly puts him in good position. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna happen. Time will it's tell as happen. far as the scores are concerned. But uh, it's it, gonna happen. It doesn't hurt that he's the only person that has Barbie at number one. Yeah, that's for sure. And you know what we call that, Aaron? Hmm. Scuttlebutt. <laughs> that's the scuttlebutt I've heard. That's yeah. scuttlebutt. Somebody, somebody on this podcast encouraged me to think highly of Indiana Jones and look at where that's going to get me. <laughs> yeah. Who did that? <laughs> was it me? <laughs> Not me. Oh, I wonder who it could have been. I, sh- I should look up the original list I sent you, Aaron. The only thing see... I emphasize is that Fast X does not need to be super high. <laughs> you you dragged me for a lot more than that, but I'm I'm really oh intrigued. Oh my gosh, we need the, the receipts, Jared. I, I want to look back at the original list that I sent you to see if my like absent-minded middle of workday list is better than the final one that I gave you. <laughs> we'll see, but I'm just, I just provide helpful advice, that's all. Post it and so tag me, Terrence. This is not, not legal advice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Aaron's got it. It's a feel free to do with what you will situation. <laughs> <laughs> Washing his hands all of all. Yeah. This uh, is, speaking yeah. of surprises, by the way, uh, Sound of Freedom uh, still making a lot of money. It's at tw- it made twelve million this week. It's at one forty eight, which puts. Wait, it- I thought they weren't letting people watch that movie. It, uh, <laughs> it it puts it past a number of films, including Mission Impossible, um, mm. which is at one thirty nine. Um, yeah. at, and at the rate it's going and the screens that are going to be lost by Mission Impossible Sound of Freedom is going to be like maybe top five maybe. Is oh that top, like top seven, oh, top geez. six <laughs> Most. wow um, let's see uh, what else is of interest how's my Dark Horse Ruby Ruby, uh... Ruby Gilman <laughs> hold on let me scroll down three <laughs> separate times in my score goes I think, I think it's made like my seven goes million lines times. <laughs> let me see here yeah, it wasn't great well here's a fun thing Ruby Gilman's at 15 million worldwide um, worldwide, not, not fun, not worldwide. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, let me see what the actual ridiculous number is. <laughs> he <laughs> said that's a good thing. <laughs> As I was saying that it was ridiculous, <laughs> I realized it probably isn't that ridiculous, but um, that's okay. It's 38 but, um, worldwide, yes. yeah. Um, on streaming, uh, but, <laughs> but but just to put that, just to put some good news out of that. Uh, talk to me. A 24s new horror yeah. film that came out made this ten weekend. million this weekend. Incredible. That's that's, that's great for an A 24 release. Right. Uh, that's yeah. really good uh, for a film that you know has a lot of solid buzz and and, and good reviews. It's good absolutely yeah. zero people that you know of. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's right. Not, there's yeah. nothing in there beyond. Yeah. There's a horror movie. It has a hand, I guess, and it's in theaters now. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's the marketing for that movie. Um. So good on that. Elemental, by the way. Speaking of kids' movies that are making mm-hmm. money. Uh, you remember when it came out like mid June? It was like, oh, that wasn't really uh, very uh, exciting uh, compared to the Flash, which sure eventually hard. Elemental has one forty four million domestic. Yeah. Wow, and it's nearing four hundred worldwide. It Pixar is, uh, did not lose in this situation. It's the steady, yeah. uh, the steady uh, pick in the in the summer for sure. So have all of the people who said it was a flop and Pixar was raggedy gone back and written articles about its worldwide success or not of course not they don't do that except you know that i don't except for scott mendelson who doesn't call things flops right away i stick by my guns and whenever i publish it in the hollywood (laughs) reporter and variety (laughs) um insidious by the way uh yeah 78 million and like i think that's uh we need full titles aaron Sorry, Insidious Cole and the Red Door. Thing. Thank you. Because oh, I, I appreciate the, you correcting me on that. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> people thought that the, 
it was the original was re-released. Yeah, why did they re-release it? Okay, Insidious: Cold of the Red Door. It's at seventy-eight million. I think it's like around two hundred worldwide. It's the highest-grossing Insidious film. Wow, good job, and, Patrick Wilson. And the ROI on Insidious is insane because they're really cheap movies to make. So yeah, like yeah. nobody lost in the Insidious War. Right now. Yeah. Um, let's see what else that's of interest here. Um, oh well, the new movie of the week, Haunted Mansion, made twenty-four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. which um, that would be fine if the movie didn't cost so much yeah. um, oh. as it stands not the not the not the strongest debut i can't wait to talk about that when we get to the review section mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah Oops. that's enough uh, box office chatter for now but just suffice to say <laughs> barbie is uh, dominating the box office right as we um, as we head toward right. like the the finish line here as abe likes to say in real life life in plastic is in fact fantastic for barbie right now so <laughs> I wonder how many times that's been used in the last like two weeks. You tell me, you're the one using it all the time. (laughs) Board meetings, when you get your coffee, yeah, just bring it up. It's weird. In our group chat, in our group chats. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so let's move on now. Let's get to some at now cookies. Trademark. Each way down now. Each way down now. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Like the delay on this. I love it. Trademark. Oh boy. (laughs) <laughs> Marcus, chime it in. What have you seen recently? Um, well, what I saw, what I, what I saw was uh, I saw uh, an, an an Aaron recommendation. Oh, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the angry black girl and her monster. Oh, um, yeah, and I was, I really, really, really enjoyed it. It's it's basically a retelling of Frankenstein. Um, but done in a scene, uh, a, 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 a place where uh, uh, it's a community that is stricken with gun violence, inner city, um, uh, where we follow a black teenage girl who is called the mad scientist playfully because of her intelligence. And she decides to bring her brother back to life uh, after he's violently murdered. Um, I think this is this was really great i not only were the low budget special effects really really good um but also what the movie focuses on is like this 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 look at how black people see death in a white supremacist environment um we also get kind of this walking talking representation not talking but walking representation of historic black trauma in this frankenstein monster and i think that was really well really well done because this some people are afraid of this monster but this monster is also one of them um and when the monster hides it hides in the community it hides in the wall it's it's very it's just very well constructed it was very it was it was far more powerful than i thought it was going to be um so yeah that i saw that i'm, gl- um, I'm glad you saw it and enjoyed it yes i, I figured did. you'd I did. enjoy it, it but i'm glad that you saw it it. <laughs> it, it it reminded me of another movie that the the transfiguration which you, was also an aaron recommendation hmm. so you're two for two i, I think vice versa on that one two. i believe i believe you saw that and i watched it because you mentioned it that's the kid that's the kid who's a vampire thing right that one Yes, yeah, you, yes. You mentioned that uh, in your like top ten or something that year, and I watched it because you said it. Oh, okay. But that it so also sweet. has like you guys are just skin rinking all this. This is great. Thank you. We're, we're shining. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it also has kind of 
kind of like the same kind of stuff happening where it's a, a black teenager who's obsessed with death but is also surrounded by death and i think that's like a, such an interesting concept to bring to to uh to film mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah yeah i thought i thought it was just really well made i also saw um <clears throat> i also saw talk to me which aaron i don't know if you talked about it last week or you're going to talk about it this week but um i liked it i did like it um uh, you, everybody knows kind of what it's about i think at this mm-hmm. point but i think it 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 does a good job of the two, the twin directors, which it's like a twin yeah. Australian twins mm-hmm. who, uh, an Australian twin horror A24 movie, which is like, yes, I'm all, I'm there. Mm-hmm. But they did a good job of establishing the, um, the, the space and establishing the characters so much so that you kind of believe like, oh yeah, um, these people would be doing possession as a party trick. Like it's not so far fetched. It's mm. it's okay. This this makes sense to me, um, and it does have some of the more uh, uh, seriously kind of disturbing, but well filmed and well framed horror sequences that I've seen this year. I do feel that the story kind of gets away from the directors at some point, and. And it's uh, eventually it's used to kind of just get from one horror sequence, which are their horror sequences are excellent from one horror sequence to the next horror sequence to the, to that final kind of like uh punchline that they have. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it well enough. Um, I, I think I liked it well enough to, to go like, what are these, what are these directors going to do in the future? Um, I'm very interested in that. Um, yeah, I entirely so, agree with what you're saying there. Like that's, yeah, it is the kind of thing where, Yes, it's like you just mentioned Angry Black Girl and her, and her monster. And it's like, that's a movie that clearly has things on its mind as far as what it's trying to do. Or right? I yes. think Talk to Me is less concerned with that. And it's more about these yeah. directors want to show off what they're capable of. So like, it didn't bother me that, yeah, like you're saying. It didn't it bother me. Like, it, it didn't bother me that it's like moving from set piece to set piece in a, to a right. degree. Because mm-hmm. I just wasn't concerned with like the greater messaging that they're maybe trying to go. I mean, there is stuff there involving right. the characters, but I... what. I, I think, think it's, I think it's why I'm more about I, I could be forgiving as far as okay I can I'm happy just right. dealing with scary shit happening in various places. Well, I think the beginning is strong enough and establishes it. It's, it's very well established that it kind of carried me through some of the more kind of uh, what am I supposed to be? Who, what am I? Who am I supposed to be caring about? What are the rules of this thing mm-hmm. that's happening right now? And more focused on okay, these are some really great visuals that i'm looking at and really good cinematography and and oh i'm really interested to see what happens next um but yeah 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 i i love that and and last thing i saw um was something that i revisited and i revisited i've revisited a couple times like three times now um a movie that i really don't necessarily like oh god where's this going everybody likes because i i did the same thing with the shining the shining is another one of these wars that i didn't like but this one is possession it's uh, a movie that's with kind Sam of, Neil possession with Sam Neil. Okay, yes. it's a movie that's that's beloved by a, a group of people, like a large group of people. And I revisit it every five or six years to find what I'm missing. Wow. And to me, to me, to me, I get it. I get, I get the the aspect that it's very well directed. I get the aspect that there's memorable scenes, but for me. The whole thing just comes off as shrill and chaotic and unlikable. And I get that's that's sort of the point, but I just don't 
get it. I don't understand it. And I don't know. I know that by your reaction, I'm, 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 I've only seen it the once, so I don't have like a strong opinion on it as far as like, oh yeah, I get it. Like it's, it's not one where I'm like, I hold it in high regard, but it's like, that's just, to me, that's just more of, that's a random one to pull as far as the thing I try to accept. (laughs) That's good. Well, there's, there's, there, there, there are these movies that I kind of cling onto and go like, oh, these are movies that are like really beloved. So I will approach them again and again and again and try to figure out why I didn't like a Goonies is another one. I don't like it, but I, that's because Monster Squad is better. That's the reason. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right, fair enough. But it's Goonies is one is that better. I try. That's, that's why. It is. It, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But it, there's these movies that I will go and revisit, and this is one of that that popped up on my, you know, on on I think it's on like Shutter or something, and I was like, oh, I should revisit it, and uh, I just it was a hard watch for right. reasons that I. Yeah. Anyway, well, we, we'll be sure to put on our possession commentary track this October for the horse. Please do. You know, <laughs> hey, listen, I would be really interested to hear an entire commentary on on what people think of possession and if people can sit through it and because it's so beloved, I, I don't. Possession uh, movies would be a good topic for October. I got to write that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these ideas. Well, thank you, Marcus, for all that. Terrence, let's go to you. What have you seen recently? Um, I have seen both the Barbie and the Oppenheimer. Heard of them. Um, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed Barbie. Yes. I I knew it was going to be, I knew there was going to be more to it than the trailers were showing, but I was pleasantly surprised at like the directions that it went. I thought everybody in the movie was very good. And I liked, I liked that even that it was like heartfelt in certain ways and that like they knew when to cut into that um Helen Mirren there's one particular line during like a really sort of emotional moment in the movie as she's the narrator mm-hmm. that she says and I was like oh yes that's perfect we we need that acknowledgement of this thing right now um so it was a really sharp script great performances thoroughly enjoyed it Oppenheimer I saw in the fifth row of the <laughs> oh, City Walk right. IMAX <laughs> because it was a press screening and they blocked off the last two rows of theater for some reason Mm -hmm. how considerate Uh, yeah especially when you tell everybody to get there early and then you get there early and you're still in the fifth row yeah um so when killian murphy's face first popped up in the movie i was in a 3d film um (laughs) i enjoy a lot of what is in oppenheimer i thought once the movie really gets rolling, particularly as it pertains to the Manhattan Project, I was just fully engrossed. And I, th- I think a lot of stuff is phenomenal. And then Christopher Nolan does what has bothered me in a couple of his other movies, where he's like, well, we got at least 30 more mo- minutes of the tale to tell. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I get it from a story construction perspective, but just in terms of like, what I found interesting about the movie, it sort of stopped at a certain point. Sure. Um, but very well done. Very great acting. Shout out Josh Hartnett <laughs> for being yeah. a low-key MVP of the film. Um, Aaron and I had a chat about like how a lot of young actors or like people who want to be actors often think about like becoming famous and like, but acting is a career it's a job and so it's nice to see josh hartnett who we all know because we were 
young as he was ascending it's like now that he, he's getting to play different types of roles and so that's something really cool to see mm-hmm. um an actor's career get they get to shift gears um and then i watched they clone tyrone yeah um i did not need the prompting that i asked for from aaron to remind me to watch the movie <laughs> you asked me to remind you what else i supposed to do not remind you <laughs> no what what is it? you reminded me right at the second i was on netflix getting ready to i don't watch know it. that so, i don't i'm not sitting by you <laughs> no that's what i just found it very funny um i thoroughly enjoyed it good great <laughs> yeah, you did. it is one of the best movies of the year. Oh, look at this. Awesome. People should listen to me more. What does I'm saying? Wow. I, I was going to see it. I just needed post Comic-Con and pre another convention that I had to attend this weekend. My brain was in shambles. So I just needed somebody to make sure that I could, somebody to remind me to watch the movie. Um, The performances are really, John Boyega. He's really good at it, right? He's really, really good. A movie that does not require him to be as good as he is in that movie, I think. Yeah, I mean, all all, the whole trios. I I loved getting to see Jamie Foxx back in something challenging. Sure. Um, Because we all, Jamie Foxx is incredibly talented. He has won an Oscar, so it's not like he has not been rewarded for his talent. But, like, sometimes actors, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer is a good Sometimes actors have to re-remind themselves and us that like they are good at acting. <laughs> and this is one of those cases. I do think I do have a little bit of a quibble about the ultimate reveal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I like I got it. I just don't know if it was as strong as the rest of the movie surrounding it. But I still had a really, really great time with the film. So well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will, Aaron, I'll let you know the next movie I need you to remind me uh, <laughs> to watch. <laughs> Aaron, you should start uh, charging for a service like that online where it's like, oh, remember to watch uh, this movie. I give this uh, shit away for free every week, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a free podcast. What's funny is you reminded me about this podcast, and I don't think I asked you to do that. <laughs> You've asked me in the past to do that. so I That's true. <laughs> well, the last time I was on the podcast, I was in another state. So I was like, you definitely have to tell me um well yeah we needed to hear your take on on the scuttlebutt yeah and you needed me you needed me to just sit back and listen to you and marcus argue each other down about javier bardem in a now classic episode yes i I don't see the problem oh my god abe let's shoot to you what have you seen recently uh i watched uh another aaron recommendation from many months ago uh confess fletch Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. It was it was actually pretty ah, good. What a good movie you guys are watching. <laughs> Aaron it's recommendations. Like, uh, big Willie, Big Willie weekend, but uh, Cross Eye Willie put in Aaron, so big Big Aaron weekend. But yeah, I confess, like, surprisingly, <laughs> I it, it it moved at a pace that I thought was very speedy and efficient, but also getting a lot of uh, dialogue in. And I didn't think that Ham was like a a talky kind of guy, but he's actually really great as this Fletch character. Just hamming it up and all hamming it up, and also just uh, talking a mile a minute, and being sassy, sarcastic, and rude to uh, these cops that are very hilarious. And uh, I thought it was actually really well done. And I I don't know if it just did it actually hit theaters or was it just on streaming. It hit very 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 limited release in theaters, <laughs> but yeah. it was mainly like a but... Showtime like direct release. But yeah, but I would recommend it too. I mean, it's it's a breezy movie. It's got good. 
it's like it has an interesting mystery involved with it too so yeah, yeah. it's it's really like it's a good hangout movie like just like watching ham yeah like when i finished it characters. i was like i would love to see i'd love to see him back on the screen with this director again i forget the director's name but he's directed stuff in the past it's uh greg Matola who did like yes. super bad and yeah. adventureland and yeah yeah, so yeah, I would love to hang out with him again. And then you and I talked about that offline, but I watched The Blackening as well, which I forgot to talk about last week. But yeah, I thought that, that was actually really funny and it was really well done. Um, and so you should <laughs> check that out as well. Um, yeah. And uh, 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 Jermaine Fowler is really good in it. So yeah, check it out. Look at all the dividends paying off from these good reviews. <laughs> oh, wow. wow, Aaron. <laughs> This is a love fest. Well, I got I got a few things here that I've seen. And here's another one that I really recommend because I watched this the other day. I had no awareness of this movie whatsoever beyond, hey, there's a big anime release coming out. That could be something. It's called mm-hmm. The First Slam Dunk. Uh, this, is oh. adap- this is adapted from a manga yeah. uh, called Slam Dunk. And it was also, I believe, made into like a, a long anime series in Japan. Did you um, watch this, the original ones? I, I had no awareness of this whatsoever yeah. before I saw this movie. They were like in the 80s, so it was super big. Yeah. That tracks. But um, this movie, it's a hit in Japan right now, the first slam dunk. It made mm-hmm. a bunch of money. Now it's finally hit American theaters. I got a screener for it because I'm like, I'm very curious. And it's great. It's this, <laughs> one, like, regardless of what the what's going on in the manga or what have you, I, I don't know if this is a continuation or like an adaptation of it. And it's a, like a standalone film, whatever. It's the story of a basketball, like it's an extended basketball game, like a big fun, a big game for this specific team. And the whole movie is set during this basketball game and it's filled out with flashbacks throughout to explain to you every single character on the on the team you're rooting for. And it's really well done. Like it's it's really fun. It's really exciting to watch like anime basketball and it's presented not in like a super exaggerated like Dragon Ball Z kind of way, but like it's you know it's anime. So there's like a certain kind of style to it, but still like it's thrilling to watch. Like you're watching an actual intense basketball game, mm-hmm. and then like learning about these characters. It's just really like you get more and more context for this team and how they've come together, and even seeing them kind of learning throughout this game what they need to do mm-hmm. while you watch them wobble between like having being behind by many points and like slowly catching up and then losing it again like it's just really well done i was very impressed i would argue this is one of my favorite sports movies i've seen in a long time like it's wow. really good okay um so there's that um less good is the beanie bubble this is the uh-huh. yeah the film about the beanie baby phenomenon that happened during like the eight, the 90s right. uh it's starring zach galifianakis and it's it's like it's cleverly it's it's while he's like the lead ostensibly, it's not. It's never from his perspective. You have three other characters played by Elizabeth Banks, uh, Sarah Snook from Succession, and um, uh, Geraldine Vishwanathan. Um, yeah. And uh, they they each play different from women in his life. Sorry, from miracle workers. from miracle workers. Yes, uh, they each play different women in his like. Uh, Banks is like his was his like his girlfriend in the eighties. Snook is his girlfriend in the nineties. And then um, Geraldine, she's um, like what like his assistant in the '90s as well. And you, you, the film kind of switches back and forth between all three of them and like what they're dealing with as far as Beanie Babies becoming popular, the company like that, he, the, the tie company coming, the TUI company getting bigger and everything. Mm-hmm. I, ideally, this would be a better movie. As it stands, it's not like bad. It's just not very good. Like of the corporations that we watch rise and fall or just keep rising movies that we've seen this year air tetris flaming hot what's the other one um the blackberry movie blackberry oh. the blackberry is the best one yeah. uh this is the least of those i think mm-hmm. um it's it's not it doesn't quite pull off what it needs to to make it more than just a kind of 
interestingly structured but fairly generic representation of this story so it's it's on apple like it's not a hard thing to watch but it's also like ah oh, this could have been better hmm. on on a plus side again i watched a film called medusa deluxe has anyone heard of this movie is this brazilian it's this not brazilian british it's british it's british oh, yeah no. about that the hair show yeah yeah it's about oh, it's it's a oh, yes. it is a murder mystery set during a hairdressing con- competition hmm it has a lot of style, um, obviously, <laughs> given the, the very premise. Um, it's coming from A24, and it's like a weird, like, hmm. it's not one of their high-profile releases, but it's really like, it's like, yeah, this feels exactly from the studio. It it has, like, I, I imagine it has a lot of style to it because, yes, like, the, the looks of these characters or what have you, and there's, but it has this mystery plot going for it, and a good, like, chunk of this movie is, is done in one shot. Like one, like no fakes, like a real, like oh. giant one shot. It's a ninety minute movie. I think like sixty percent of it might be in like a one shot sequence. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of wild, like what they're pulling off there, especially because it's a mystery premise. Um, I I think it's like in like limited release. I think it's on a movie also. Um, but it's a uh, it's an interesting film to say the least. So I certainly you know want to shout that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, and last thing I've been watching, Twisted Metal. The, uh, okay. the Peacock TV series that features Anthony Mackie and uh, Stephanie Beatrice from uh, from Brooklyn Nine Nine mm-hmm. and Thomas Hayden Church and the the character Sweet Tooth, the clown character who is played by Samoan Joe, the wrestler, but is voiced mm-hmm. by Will Arnett because obviously, um, <laughs> this is pure junk food, but uh-huh. it's but it's entertaining, like for a video game series that relies on lots of car it's all about car action this movie doesn't have this the show doesn't have nearly enough time being spent with cars doing action which is the kind of thing that bothers me in video game movies or tv shows where it's like you have the game and you're not doing the game however there's something likable about anthony mackie being like a motor-mouthed guy and who has a car that has guns on it like just going on this road trip thing and dealing with various characters. There's a lot of cameos or like, you know, guest appearances like Jason Manzuka shows up in one episode. Like there's fun to be had in this often cheap looking, real nonsense piece of media. But it's like it's twisted metal. I don't that, yeah. there's not a lot of like investment I really need to have in this kind of thing beyond like if it's getting the entertainment out of me, it's getting the entertainment out of me. So it's like for what it is, you know, for a series on Peacock, it's working. It's doing it's doing the job I think that a movie like this affords. Which one um did Aaron uh recommend to you? <laughs> I think the first one. <laughs> the first one. Okay. First yeah, one. he recommended he recommended the first one himself. Yeah. <laughs> Slam dunk. Yeah. So that's how quick. We did it. Four of us all all Aaron recommended films. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get some trailer talk. Uh each week in the <laughs> Each week at now we have one movie movie of the week that we talk. That's that's out of please. I'm off. <laughs> Let's talk about one of the newest video trailers of the week. When it's coming out, what we think of it, what have you. Uh, we got a trio of films this week. Trio of horror films. Uh, we have The Exorcist, Believer, The Nun Two, and Saw X. Lots of sequels coming your way this week and i figured let's go gotta go over what these are and which one you guys down, are the huh? most excited about yeah big big old throw down here so here's the so exorcist the believer uh this the, i'm gonna read just the brief synopsis they have of each of these the parents of demonically possessed girls desperate desperate for help go in search of someone who has had a similar experience chris mcneil aka ellen burston uh this is from david gordon green uh he's teamed up basically with his 
same crew from the Halloween films. And as I understand it, they like Universal and Blumhouse have spent like what four hundred million dollars on a trilogy of Exorcist movies. So that's that's going down on this one. Uh, the Nun Two, still nunning, none your business. <laughs> um, it's this what let's see set four years after the ending of the first film which we all obviously remember uh the film follows sister irene as she once again comes face to face with the demonic force valak the nun at a boarding school in france this once again has taste of farmiga it adds storm reed among others it's directed by michael chavez who made the last conjuring film as well as the curse of la llorona mm, my There's favorites that. <laughs> all your all your, all your hits. <laughs> all the hits. And then we have Saw X. Um, I'm glad we have two films with X in the title. <laughs> <by> the way. <laughs> it would be a shame if we only had one tenth entry to franchise. Uh set between the events of Saw and Saw 2. So Abe knows exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. Uh, a sick and desperate John Kramer, who died in Saw 3, travels to Mexico Spoiler alert. for I mean <laughs> I'm never gonna watch it. Uh, sick and desperate John Kramer travels to Mexico for a risky and experimental medical procedure, obviously a good idea, in hopes of a miracle <laughs> cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. How could who could have seen that coming? <laughs> Armed with a new a Mexican City scam operation? Come on. Armed with newfound purpose, the infamous serial killer returns to his work, turning the tables on the con artist in his signature visceral way through devious, deranged, ingenious traps. And this says the return, of course, of Tobin Bell as John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, as well as other fan favorites, I, I'd imagine. So we have three horror movies all arriving around the around spooky season, as news media outlets like to say. Um, I'm curious <laughs> of any of these. Terrence, are you in? Where, where are you? Where's your interest lie? I have no desire to see Saw X. Um <laughs> Just watching the trailer in the two minutes before we started this podcast do you made have any, me weary. Do you have any regard for the Saw franchise in general? No. Okay. Other than the first <laughs> one, which I thought was a smart way to sort of do that kind of movie. Like, I think the morality of it was really interesting, but I think it also helped usher in the era of like just nothing but gore in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Even though the first saw has not a lot, yes, which all. is which is why I thought it was smart, <laughs> right? Like you're more concerned with whether the guy's gonna cut his foot off than seeing him cutting his foot off. So I have no desire. I haven't seen a single saw movie since the first one. Mm-hmm. The Nun Two, I think, could be interesting. That trailer was very scary. I think I'm probably most intrigued by The Exorcist. Obviously, I consider the original Exorcist movie one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. So anytime somebody does something within the universe or using that as a title, I'm just like, good luck. <laughs> because that's a really high bar to, to not you, you're not clearing it, but like just to try and get close. Um, I think what intrigued me most about the movie was not even Ellen. Bur- I think I was intrigued by the fact that it's two girls possessed at the same time mm. from two different families and what that could mean for the story. You know, I think the first, the original Exorcist is very insular, right? At, at a certain point in the movie, we basically are locked in that bedroom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and here it's like, oh, they went into the woods and, and something came back and now they're in the hospital. So maybe we'd be locked in a hospital room. And one of the scariest scenes in the Exorcist franchise does take place in a hospital. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm more, I'm more intrigued by that, but yeah, 400, 400 million just for like the rights, right? Uh, for the right, like the rights and the, and the production. And, and the production yes, yeah, I yeah. assume that I, I, it's have, crazy. I have to hope that that's part of it because what yeah. the fuck are you going to spend $40 million <laughs> on for extras movie? Yeah. I mean, and even this movie, like it looks good. I, I am concerned the the Blumhouse reteaming for Halloween was not great, <laughs> so I am a little concerned there. But um, yeah, that's a lot of money <laughs> for three, and conceivably you'll make it back, right? Exorcist is a big. I think the ROI will be fine. Yeah, overall, that's a lot of money. These, so, yeah. but so yeah, I'm I'm most intrigued about that. But yeah, saw saw just that entire enterprise just makes me weary. <laughs> At it, Marcus. How about you? Where are you most interested in here? Um, I I guess it would be the Exorcist Believer. Um, I actually didn't hate the the Halloween trilogy. I I enjoyed the Halloween trilogies for what they were. The 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 David Gordon Green trilogies. Um, and so when I first saw this trailer, I saw it in the theaters. the The issue was there's like tons of these throwaway kind of uh, horror big like studio movies that come out all the time for the for the first half of it i thought it was one of those and then it wasn't until the music popped in that i was like oh okay and i don't know if it played a trick on me or something but for the second half of the trailer i was like oh i like this this is interesting but i don't is it was it was it some kind of like pavlovian thing that happened to me i don't i don't know so yeah, I'm interested in in the Exorcist believer. Hmm. Um, the Nun two, what back in the habit or something? <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. Lauren Hill's in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, this looks like a throwaway movie. This looks like the throwaway movies that I'm talking about. Like it just the, the jump scare sequences. They, I know they go with the universe, but it looks completely played out. And obviously, uh, the director directed uh, two of my favorite in the franchise. Um, so yeah, uh, and the next the saw saw X socks um, socks. Obviously, um, I mean, I'm not like I've seen a lot of these movies. I couldn't tell you what happens in one movie compared to another movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, you know uh, other than number one but I, I mean i think the trailer would have been better if there would have been like an exhibit song maybe i don't know that's that's my like critique <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't clear the rights they couldn't clear the rights yeah. but yeah that's but yeah well, deadpool I, I get, owns it I, now that's the problem oh there we go <laughs> but yeah that's that's my review <laughs> of the trailers Abe, which ticket did you already buy, and which one are you going to buy next? Uh, ticket to Ride uh, you know, <laughs> was written by John Lennon, and uh, I know that from watching Steve Jobs. Um, but uh, no, I I'm I'm more interested in the Nun Two. Um, for, really? for yeah, okay. I, I think in large part, it's exactly what Marcus is saying. I think that this movie is going to have a bunch of jump scares and and what else would have you, but. I kind of got bored watching the Exorcist two or the Exorcist Believer trailer, mm-hmm. and like about midway through Exorcist and, Five, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exorcist, hey, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna go with all new miracles. Um, I guess it's four because the other ones plus. are prequels. So like, it's, it's Exorcist, <laughs> and we gotta include the series. But 
I kind of got bored right up to the part where the there's like a sequence in a church where a girl is coming in, and I was like, I don't know what this is. But um, you mentioned the David Gordon Green and his team and co, so that includes um, Danny McBride and also I forget who their third Scott teams. Scott teams uh, are are all kind of like working on this project, which kind of is interesting, and and I'd be curious to go and check it out. But uh, saw X, no, no real. No real uh, attachment to that project at all. So none too. Uh, I'll I'll let you guys know how it goes. <laughs> I told Aaron like after uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, you know, one of the things that you got to do when you're putting putting your head inside of like a, a crawl space area and you see something scary is you got to get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, because something's gonna come after you. <laughs> so you got to get the fuck out of the way after you see something scary in a room. You got to go all the way outside. Yeah, or just so, like uh, move like thirty degrees, you know, to the right or left. <laughs> <laughs> that nun's arm is really long. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, there's no limits. They they cheat. That's the whole there's, thing. Uh, That's the whole thing about yeah. ghosts. We'll talk about this. Um, <laughs> I mean, by default, Exorcist, because I do. I mean, I that that brand works for me as right. far as yeah there's something and i'm not even a big like exorcism horror guy that one is that tends to be the least scary for me as far as horror franchise things go but like it's coming from the franchise that started out on top and has not been matched <laughs> so it's like all right give me more of that and this franchise in general is pretty wacky like exorcist 2 the heretic is terrible but it has wacky stuff in it exorcist 3 is awesome um yeah and then the, the prequels uh the one that's done by schrader is decent and then the one that they then they remade that entire film and released that instead from Rennie Harlan that movie's awful uh but like David Gordon Green coming in here again yeah like I'm with Margaret I like the Halloween trilogy that he set up this is not that but like be, between that and the fact that David Gordon Green is such a random filmography to me as far as interesting indies random comedies <laughs> the Halloween franchise and like occasionally directing episodes of Righteous Gemstones or or Eastbound and Down or whatever. Like, yeah, all right. Like, I'll see what your Exorcist movie is going to be. I don't think Ellen Burstyn's going to draw on the crowds of the way Jamie Lee Curtis does for Halloween. But like, good, good for you for getting her back. I I do enjoy the logic of well, we can't find those other Exorcist guys because they're you know dead. I guess we'll get back the woman whose daughter was possessed by them to help us out. That's that's the that's the goal here. Um. So like that's where I'm leaning. None two is like whatever. Like it's right. another conjuring thing. That I'll 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 add this. While like Annabelle was awful, the sequel to Annabelle is one of the best conjuring movies. So it's like that's all right, true. I, I maybe there's a benefit of that that I can give none two is like the sequel being significantly better than the first none because the none was not good no matter how many times they want to bury Demi and Bashir alive in that movie. I, I just didn't <laughs> care about the nun. I'll speak up for Saw X. Um I the thing Saw is not a franchise I'd say I like, but I have a I have a, a, a never ending curiosity about it as far as seeing all these entries and enjoying the labyrinthine setups they have to connect all of these plots together with like one exception, which is the Chris Rock movie from two years ago that was weirdly tame um what i like that they're doing here is the fact that it's going after like the healthcare system the problem is saw six the second best entry in the franchise already did this so i'm like okay i guess they have more to say i don't i don't know but that's at least something that could be intriguing and the addition of having john kramer 
Tobin Bell being back for like the duration of the movie, which is what made two quite good is that he's in it so much. Yeah. Okay. That's also an angle. Uh, so it's like, I, I'm not saying I definitely need saw X in my life, but I, like the premise they're going with is that how to set this thing up. Okay. And they have Kevin Grant who did like, I think the, um, yeah, he did. He did Saw Six, which was the best one. But he also did Saw 3D, which is by far the worst Saw movie. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll, see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I they did, go after the healthcare system in Saw Six. Yeah, it's a very, it's very much, it's the most uh, uh, politically minded film of the Saw oh, wow. franchise. It has a very, very big, strong, strong opinions on what to say oh, wow. about the American right. healthcare system. It's not an empty film by any means. But yeah, I need, I need Bernie and Saw X. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be on tv at some point <laughs> thick um, new hampshire accent yeah. <laughs> jigsaw um <laughs> saw x arrives in theaters september 29th the nun 2 hits theaters september 8th and the exorcist call it believer arrives i keep wanting to say the exorcist i want to believe like it's an x-files movie um, it hits theaters october 13th 2023 so they're all coming relatively soon as far as the fall is concerned okay so let's uh let's move on let's get to our main review for haunted mansion i should warn you before you step inside the house this could change the course of your entire life i'm not afraid of a couple ghosts <laughs> you say that now This mansion is unhinged. <laughs> These ghosts definitely don't want to leave. Death lurks around every corner. <laughs> God, give us a break. There's so many bad people in the world. Haunt them. Amen. I do like surprises. Is anybody else seeing this? I hope you do, too. <laughs> We're in a fight whether we like it or not or else we're stuck here for eternity okay that should have been some of the trailer for haunted mansion based on the popular disneyland ride there was already an attempt back in 2003 to bring the attraction to life it left next to no impression but years later Guillermo del toro announced that he had set his eyes on developing a version eventually he departed the project but years of development hell led to dear white people director justin simeon signing on and paul fee collaborator katie depold writing the screenplay the result is a haunted mansion film revolving around an actual physicist slash tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian, all trying to help a single mother and her son solve the dilemma that involves ghosts forcing all of them to live inside Gracie Manor. It has something to do with the nefarious hatbox ghost who comes around after midnight, but that doesn't stop this crew from encountering all sorts of spooky sightings. Marcus Robinson, I'm so curious... What's your experience with the Haunted Mansion ride? And what do you think of this movie? <laughs> okay, so I've only been to Disneyland once. Mm -hmm. And it was as an adult. So I hated everything. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> so the Haunted Mansion ride, I mean, it's fine. I think I barely remember it. Uh, you go into a uh, Haunted Mansion, right? Is that how it goes? Anyway. Um, <laughs> <son of> a <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> um, um, I never saw the... The Eddie Murphy movie, which uh, I was I missing out on something? I don't know. No, we'll I remember the poster with the big face. He had a big face and, a, and he's in a whatever. But um, as far as this movie is concerned, 
Um, I think straight away we get the very familiar, nostalgic, live-action Disney feel of this. The playful, zany soundtrack and the characters are cranked up to uh, to 11 uh, without being annoying. Um, but it kind of lets us know where we are and, and, and what we're, we're getting into. Um, stuff I liked about this movie, Lakeith Stanfield is great. I think he is better than the material, which I didn't think was bad, but I think he's better than the material. He's he's uh, proving yet again how talented and charismatic of a leading man he is. Um, also with movies like this that uh, are Disney, uh, Disney productions, but also they take a director that's, um, his filmography doesn't quite, you know, match up with Disney aesthetic. I always am curious to see what bleeds through or does it the Disney thing swallow the director whole? And for Justin's uh, Justin Simeon's um, credit, um, I think he does a really good job with the action CGI stuff. I, there's an astro uh, projection sequence that's very good. Um, was like just kind of one of the better ones. The only thing I'm really comparing it to is I guess insidious or whatever but these are very good um but also i feel like he does a thing where he doesn't just settle on the fact that there are black characters in his movies there are black leads in his movies but all or minority leads in his movies but he also says hey you know um i'm gonna inject 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 this idea that this is all taking place in a black in a black space like for instance, there's a sequence in this movie that has Lakeith Stanfield's character and um, Rosario Dawson's son, mm-hmm. where they're just kind of bonding. They're just talking and bonding. And it's it's like a blink and you'll miss it kind of sequence. But I feel like that would have been on the cutting room floor in other people's hands. And this was, I want to hope that Justin was like, please, this will stay in. This is black people bonding, uh, a paternal kind of thing, a bonding sequence that I really want, that I really think is strong, uh, 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 important to this film. Now, so what I didn't like about the movie was as fun as the movie starts off as and as entertaining as it tries to kind of maintain, after a while, it is it is basically a two hour mystery movie that sooner or later you have to kind of engage with the story and the sooner you engage with the story, the sooner it's going to become kind of like boring and overlong. Um, also, I don't know what it was, but there's a lot of good uh, 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 jokes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, Tiffany Haddish has her little quips. They're funny. Uh, Danny has his quips. He's funny. There's more than that in this movie. There's a lot of really jokes where I was like, oh, these are really good jokes. Why are they falling so flat? And I get that comedy subjective, but a lot of these jokes didn't seem to fit. Something was off. And it, it the only thing I can come up with is that the, 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 the vision, the filmmaker's vision and the Disney kind of like heavy handedness of this is what has to be here didn't mesh as well as I, as it should have. And it, those are the parts where it stood out and what it amounts to is kind of a movie where it starts off really strong and then ends up where you're kind of grasping at straws and like, 
okay, what if I need to find something that's entertaining to bring me to the end of this thing because I'm really feeling the two hours of this. So yeah, that's that's about what I thought of the, of the movie. All right. Well, Terrence, how about you? What's your ride experience? What'd you think of this movie? Um, as somebody who's been to Disneyland several times, <laughs> um, and that's that's not a flex. That's just a statement. <laughs> um, <because laughs> if Disneyland is is prohibitively expensive, um, <laughs> so yes. I Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite rides in the park. Um, I will say that there are many moments in this movie that I recognize as calling directly back to the ride. Mm -hmm. Um, The room that keeps extending, except in Disneyland, there's no alligators and TNT. Um, There is, that's a thing. That's one one of the paintings. It's in the painting, but it's not like you're not in a room with alligators. I mean, it's not like it came out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. the the people flying about on chairs dancing in the you know all all of these things it's like okay i recognize that the and lakeith i will second lakeith lakeith sanfield is doing herculean work yes in this movie i'm talking about there is no reason his performance is this good yes. other than the fact that he is a fun phenomenal actor mm-hmm. and it's great to be reminded that somebody was nominated for an oscar in a disney movie that said i found the movie to be rather flat and empty um and by that i mean i get that it's disney so it wasn't gonna be like oh my god i can't look at the screen i'm so scared mm-hmm but the scares in this the the scariest thing was and Jared Leto as the <laughs> in the credits because I had no idea he was in this movie. We gave each other a look where I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we were like that. Truly, a jump scare. Um, and by just flat and empty, meaning that like I felt like Justin Simeon has a really great ability to balance an ensemble out. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the Dear White People movie or the show. Like, that's one of his greatest strengths. But, like, here I felt like everything in this movie is operating in its own silo. And it's very rare that they all come together to be good. So I felt like Tiffany Haddish is doing her thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, is her thing enough to fill up the room, to fill up the space, to fill up the, the moments between the characters? You know, Danny DeVito is there and very funny owen wilson is there and and like these characters like these actors are in the movie but i never felt like they were truly blending together other than the scene that you brought up marcus with the where he's bonding with the kid mm-hmm. um and then like for a house with what 999 ghosts it felt so the production design on the house is beautiful don't get me wrong if they spent a hundred and $55 million to make sure that house looked incredible, I would be fine, but I know they didn't. How do you have all of those ghosts and me not fit? Like, the ghosts only popped out exactly when they needed them to. Right? It it just did not feel like a house that was haunted. And so, particularly as you've got, like, 
an evil villain who's like, oh, I can wield these people whenever I want. And it's like, I just never got a sense that, like, there's no there there in this movie. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> um, you know, it felt like I, I was like, okay, there's black people here and that's great. Are we just not going to touch on at all that this is like a house in Louisiana? Like we're we're just not gonna relate that to back to black people at all. I have thoughts on that. I'll get to that when I get to my thing. But um, because they mention the history of the house, they mention the history of the area, they mention the history of this character, but it, yeah, it just never it just never quite got all the way over to for me. So I so yeah, I agree. That's that's where I started feeling the length because I was like, either we need to get more fantastical with these ghosts and all of these things, or we need to be even lighter it's a, it's in a weird the movie's in a, like a weird middle ground where it's trying to be you know your kid's first horror movie but then like not doing enough interesting things that i think would keep maybe keep a kid's attention mm-hmm. so that's how i felt about the film all right abe yes do you like the ride are you a ride fan of haunted mansion you get your I, I love the ride yeah uh, i think it is one of the better rides at disneyland even though you just you know, you're you're casually just strolling along, but I, I just like that there's some cool stuff to see, some visual trickery that uh, is fun when you're in the mirrors and you look and there's like a ghost sitting with you kind of thing. Uh, so it's it's really fun. Um, very short though, but uh, you know, I guess you can get on it again. Um, as far as like the movie goes, uh, I I have seen the Eddie Murphy movie. I I didn't think it was very good. Uh, I think there's like some good stuff from Eddie. Uh, I think this is like more of like his his uh, parent phase of movies where he, he's kind of just like playing a dad. Uh, it's right in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so with Haunted Mansion, I didn't really know what to expect, but I do. I do like Lucky Sanfield a lot. Um, and I was curious just to see what they were going to do, because like we mentioned on the trailer a few weeks ago, uh, this is a, a ride that I enjoy. And I, I enjoyed this ride. I I think that they're everything that Marcus and Terrence have said are correct and not too much uh, super to add on aside from uh, I, I like the direction in this movie quite a bit. Um, so Justin is kind of playing with lenses in this movie. He uses like a spherical lenses at times and he also uses like fisheye lenses at other times. He's also like doing some cool in camera stuff like zoom dollies uh, uh, kind of like done by Spielberg in, in Jaws or sometimes used by um, uh, Spike Lee in some of his movies. And so it's some really interesting stuff that he's doing, but I think the actors are also giving much more than the material uh, is available for them. Um, Lakeith, obviously, I wasn't sure where he was going. At first, I thought that it was kind of just going to be a, a blah, blah, blah performance. And then he kind of kicks it into gear with some of his more emotional beats I was like, oh, man, this guy is giving a lot. But again, the script isn't giving it a ton. But I think it's kind of just held back to some degree um, with maybe the Disney production and the Disney branding. Uh, But there's just not a whole lot. I agree with uh, character study or even like character arcs. Um, Things kind of move at uh, different paces throughout the movie. But, you know, there were some really nice moments here and there. And I did like some of the jokes, either that's physical comedy I thought that some of this, the the way that Justin shoots this is, Aaron and I kind of talked about this with the black thing, but I there's actually like some good tension and suspense in some of the sequences uh, that I think were missing from the blackening. 
Um, and even like just like just beats for jokes where <laughs> Danny DeVito just shows up in frame and I got scared. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, which is it played for laughs in the movie. But um, it's it's actually just a really like, I thought that overall it was it was pretty fine. It was better than I thought with like a tinge of heart in it, too. Uh, but yeah, there are certainly deficiencies. And I think that there's like some holding back to it that possibly could be even better. The third act of this movie is where things kind of go like a little bit more like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're nearing the end. So there has to be like a climax for the movie. Um, and I think there were some good buildup, but it's just kind of quite choppy. But um, yeah, I overall, I, I thought it was actually a, a pretty fun movie. I was uh, curious, Abe, where you'd follow this because I, I could, I could have seen you not liking it, but it turns out you just like it about the same as I do. Like, I think this movie is entirely fine. I don't think it necessarily excels at being great, I, even though I would call it a ghoulish delight. That's what they say. <laughs> uh, but I've heard that. Yeah. But um, I, I, I agree with all you, what you guys are saying, and I think there's. I'd be very curious to see like the road to production this movie went on because it feels, if anything, like this is a movie that was much longer that's been cut down because obviously it's a haunted mansion movie it does not need to be over two hours and yet this movie still is like a minute over two hours it it feels like this is a film that had another like 30 minutes of stuff in it that probably justifies why we see people at the tour in the beginning that are like these are names to some degree these are character actors they should have lines that they don't let alone anything involving jared leto that's not cgi like it feels like there's a whole deleted subplot that deals more with him probably being like a plantation owner of some kind and like dealing directly with what this house represents that's what i wanted to mention with terrence with your thoughts on the house because i do think that's something that justin simeon probably would want to comment on in regards to the haunted yeah. mansion yeah uh, and that this film could use as far as more deep ideas to deal with but instead it wants to focus more on the grief that both like stanfield and the and the uh, the son character that they're mm-hmm. dealing with travis. which is fine like i get it like what's sorry travis travis yes your name. thank you uh I, I i that's fine it's a again it's a haunted magic movie it's a ride like i get that we don't necessarily need to be layering on all of these ideas for a film that should be a spooky summer haunt movie. Like that's, I get it at the same time. It's like, well, you probably could have cleared that up. Make again, this is all speculation, but it's like, yeah, you're just Simeon and you have this all mm-hmm. mapped out. It seems to the point where it, fe- it feels like there's a lot of deleted stuff here. Maybe you should have figured that out before you made the whole movie. I don't know, but regardless, like the movie we have, while it is too long, I do think it, mostly works with what it has and i think that's because of like you've all mentioned lakeith stanfield doing really good work here mm-hmm. um the rest of this cast doing what they need to i agree with terrence that some of it feels more and then this person says a thing and it has nothing to do with the next thing like it has a little bit of that kind of like energy that's not matching everybody else's but still feels fine individually to a degree Th- which i feel like that's an issue with katie depold as a screenwriter i feel like that's i've seen that in the heat and with the Ghostbusters, Paul Feig movie, mm-hmm. like I, I feel like that's kind of a thing where it seems like the actors are left to kind of pick up some of the pieces that are being scattered here. Um, that's the impression I get. But like, I, again, I agree with what you guys are saying. Like, I do think there's a like for, for one thing, I think this is a good, really good gateway horror film. Like, I, 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 I thought that too. I like Terrence. Like, I hear what you're saying as far as you don't think it's maybe necessarily doing enough to be like scared or what have you, or not finding the right tone. I, I 
I would say, like, I don't think it's perfect by any means, but I do think if you're a child coming into seeing horror, I think this movie has a sufficient number of spooky things and jumps or whatnot. I remember, Abe, we were talking about this and The Blackening as a trailer showdown back when these movies like, were coming out. A couple months ago. Yeah, and we both chose this movie over The Blackening. And I'm glad right. that The Blackening turned out to be quite good, but it's not because of its horror movie aspects. It's because the comedy, I think, works in that well. Yeah, the, the writing and the points that they're making. For sure. This movie, I think, does deliver on the horror element. Now, not it's not terrifying. Do you think, yep. not to interrupt you, sure, sure. but do you think original Pinocchio or this movie is scarier? <laughs> uh, original children. Pinocchio. I think original think, Pinocchio. Well, that movie. The, the difference there is that movie puts you through the ringer emotionally. <laughs> the movie yeah, is, yeah, but that's. But those kids turning into donkeys is like horrifying. That stuff is actually horrifying too. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. if you're a child watching it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I I agree. I I and it's not it's not unknown for Disney to challenge audiences through haunting imagery. Even like Snow White has that scary witch face and things like that. Like there's stuff that they've done, and so I I, I appreciate that this movie. In an age we're in, where we just don't get that very often these days, you know, kind of yeah. family-friendly horror films, I, I get, you know, like is maybe the closest that we get to that. Really, I like that this movie attempts that. Like, I, I know Guillermo del Toro is not involved anymore. I do think he, like, there's still some of his input is in here, along with many other screenwriters. Oh, I didn't know that he was involved. Yeah, he was gonna make one back in like 2010 is when he announced, like, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a, a haunted mansion movie, and, and then they said. Your version is, I would love yeah, the, to see the his version scary. of the story. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, yours is too scary. It's too scary. You sure. can't do, yeah. you, get out of here, please, with respect. Uh, <laughs> go, go to Fox Searchlight, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think the, the the mantra that he wanted to insist upon is we should make horror movies that, you know, kids can enjoy. Right, right. I think that the essence of that is here. I think regardless of whatever other ideas that Simeon and DePold and whoever else may have had for what this movie is going to be, I think the general thought of we should make something that feels like the ride as far as it's fun, but also has a sense of spookiness to it. I think that exists in this movie. I think there's good uses of this, of the setting, the, the house, the inside and the outside, like, and ghosts and stuff like that make this work as a, Hey, kids can like have some sort of fright that comes with like the the inherent humor of this. I like the ride, by the way. I didn't mention that. I'm a big fan of the Haunted Mansion <laughs> ride. I'm happy to go on it. It's fun. I, I the narration is always enjoyable. The different sights you see, like all that stuff, works for me. It's great. <laughs> um, I the what I was gonna say the the I Marcus, I entirely agree with you. This does feel like a movie made by black person for black for black people in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I can't say like again, it's Disney, so like there's a watering down of it to a degree. Yeah. But, but this is also a movie that like has New Orleans and shot in New Orleans and has like big brass yeah. band stuff going on and other element along with the casting. Obviously, there's just like there's stuff here where like. It's not the next August Wilson adaptation, but it still feels like a movie that was made by a specific voice that's trying to push something through in an area right. where it, that that also there's a, not happen. There's a joke about not calling the cops, mm -hmm. right? That I thought was very. This would probably have never been even thought about in an, if another director was at helm. I don't. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I feel different than the two of you. Not that I think your reading on the film is wrong, even though it's wrong. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I like I get, and, and I've read interviews with Justin Simeon where he's talked about like, I was not going to make this movie unless I had a black lead. Mm -hmm. And I think it is really interesting to have them 
like I said, Lakeith, that, that was a stroke of casting genius because he's mm-hmm. just got such mm-hmm. a weird acting energy. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like he he doesn't slip up in the sort of okay, I know this is a kid's movie, so I need to be zany, but I also know that like it's a movie with like an emotional story, therefore I have to like hold on to my sense of self and not get too wacky because at some point in this movie I'm gonna have to cry my eyes out. Mm-hmm. Um which he does to great effect. Really, really loved mm-hmm. um, everything to do with him. I just think that, like, to me, it's like the Black people are there. They're, like, seen. And that's great. But, like, the stuff with the kid at school, like, there, there's, there's not, like, the life outside of the house, I think, is what, like there's just there's just it's like it, it almost got there it's like yeah. presented these ideas to kate yeah. kate wrote it and then they were like you have to film this tomorrow and right. there was like no way to, <laughs> to do another draft to really dig into minutia because it's like yeah you know this you know child it, from underground railroad is still dressing like that's he's in where he's from underground yeah. railroad yeah, yeah, yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Would and you, would you have been happier if this was two and a half hours because I, I get that aaron it's it looks yeah. like a longer movie because I, I didn't even know that the kid was going to school. I assumed it was summer because whatever. And then the kid was so getting because watching home and I was like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie, but like he's well, he's because they to... had moved, they had moved, yeah, from yeah, like he's already in like school, like, like work, yeah, right. and it was like, like oh, the kids don't play with me because I do XYZ, right, and right, it's right. like, okay, that's understandable because you're trying to make like this kid like a quirky kid who's having trouble relating to people since his father passed away but it's like but they're the only tangible thing we've seen from that is the kids chasing him sure and even that is like weird because like we've been in this house for so long and we've been on this journey with these adults for so long and so like there's things like that that i felt you know or like getting into madame leota being like this great medium that like tiffany haddish's character looks up to sure but like not getting to dig more into like the family roots like they're they're just this and i understand it's a kids movie mm-hmm. but there are just certain things where it's like we're walking through this empty hallway yeah and it's like nothing is filling up the space um I, to 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 throw something out there like, this is again i hate speculating too much but my thought on you know developing certain things a certain way as we've all mentioned this movie is long it's two hours mm-hmm. if i had to guess I think I I I absolutely certain there's a longer cut of this movie, but I and I think in relation to what was cut, it's this is a movie called Haunted Mansion. We need to be in the mansion, and so you cut. I think I if I had to guess, I feel like the film cut out anything that wasn't about the mansion directly related. So you lose a lot of I think the tissue there as far as what this kid's going through, or more about Madeliota, or more about any number of characters that mm-hmm. might have had more to contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would deal with the themes of this movie that this movie is presenting as well as connecting them all together. Yeah. Yeah. And Terrence, you mentioned it too, when you're chatting about your general review of it, which it just, it feels like there's just not a whole lot of payoff, whether you're even in the house or outside of it. And I, I would agree with you. I mean, you get this house, which has, it's a mansion for one. And I didn't realize that there was a graveyard attached to it until much later. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's like a, a ton of ghosts and we're kind of really only given like certain set pieces here and there. So 
this is just to echo what everybody's saying. It's like, I feel like there's probably like a different version of this movie, which I would love to see. Um, but even when you get to these characters and their character arcs, like, you know, they're, they're just, they just are plopped on you actually just right then and there. Um, you mentioned yeah. the, uh, the Tiffany Haddish thing with her being a great medium and which is actually off camera. But then there's also like Owen Wilson, like, you know, criminal yeah, heart of gold kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're just like, okay, well, I guess that's fine. Um, so and I think like the worst part of it, not the worst uh, from uh, like an acting standpoint, but just it seemed like everyone was like just there on different days was kind of like the ending where they're just like, come in for the the hotcakes. Oh, don't forget the the rolls. And it's like, okay, well, uh, this feels like uh, everyone was kind of just uh, in different rooms recording at different times and they just splice it together. I do. Yeah. I do wonder if there's a COVID factor in that as far as sure. uh, and just availability in general, because you have sure. an ensemble here. But uh, I it's the kind of thing where, because I agree with you, but it's also like I still like this movie. I like yeah, the yeah, energy same, of it. Yeah, I like, like, I like Owen Wilson a lot in this movie. Actually, yeah, though, I, like, I think it's actually like, like a really yeah. good role for him. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I think, like, just to to talk about what you brought up, Aaron, about like keeping it haunted mansion specific. I I like that as a as a concept, mm-hmm. right? Like, we want to keep everything to what's happening in the mansion and to being about the mansion. Mm-hmm. But like A pointed out, and I just did not realize until you just said that, she bought this house to become a bed and breakfast mm-hmm. with a cemetery in the backyard. It wasn't in the brochure. It wasn't in the brochure. Yeah, like there, there, are just, there are just things. Or maybe Rosario Dawson's just a horrible person. She's just like, no, we'll just pave over this. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it a I parking lot. We'll I just wanted lot. a little more like I said, I do think, I think the, I think it's, I guess it's fine, but like, mm-hmm. I, I just think that the film, and it's not that you need stuff to challenge you. I just needed a little more texture, a little sure. more feeling like the journey they go on to the other mansion is more interesting in terms of what is gained and learned yeah. than the house that they're currently in. And then to bring it back to the sort of us talking about you know having black faces but maybe not necessarily a ton of black themes is like was there no black ghost yeah that we could <laughs> that we could have met like i think it'd be too sad because <laughs> it'd be like yeah. it'd be like a slave or something it'd be, it'd, it'd not be necessarily safe. how long has the house been around well well also okay, because, like... because the hat bot because jared Le- evil jared leto so jared leto regular um he's specifically choosing these ghosts, <laughs> right? So he's like, no black people. Like that's his whole thing. Sure. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all they're all like members of high society that that spurned exactly. him. Exactly. He's a super yeah. racist ghost. So he doesn't want black yeah, people. Just, but yeah. that's I feel but we're drawing that. Uh, I mean I look at I, 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 I look at in the gaps in the space. Yeah, I look yeah, at Hatbox yeah. goes up. That's what I'm saying. I think the other part of what you're saying there too is and this kind of goes back to what Aaron is saying about just the haunted matches. Like they didn't they didn't really divert too much from the ghosts that are in on the ride, you know what I mean? Um and so like I would have liked to have seen more of that stuff too, because it was actually really interesting, just you know, okay, well this guy kills a lot of people and he's crazy. And where did he store the bodies? Because they were never found. And then the kid finds them. Like this is weird. Like, um, and there's like this tiny crawl space, and and you know he goes searching for this hat. But yeah, I I think that they're just like, well, you know, let's just have cameo appearances from the woman who beheads her husband, which is actually a fun sequence. Um, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, there's there's not a whole lot else that you learn about. Like even like the um, the executioner guy with like with his mask on, like he's in the ride too. He that the, all of these guys show up in, in the ride like at one point or another, just in the mirror or actually showing up asking for a hitchhiking ride or what have you. But yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't really go beyond it, which I can't really fault them for. But at the same time, like I'm not gonna like sit back here and say like, well, you guys should really play it safe all the time because Aaron and I, and I'm sure everybody on this podcast, we love like those like movies and what those like movies do is they kind of push the boundaries of like what is a kids movie, quote unquote, family kids movie. Uh, yeah, I, I like think... all those like one of those movies is hilarious, as somebody once said. But the <laughs> oh god, the, the, I... <laughs> I, but I mean, it, this is why this movie's long because it's yeah. it's trying to serve so many masters. There's a pun. Yeah, uh, like it, it wants good, to be good one. It wants <laughs> to be this podcast. Aaron. It wants to be devoted to the ride, obviously, and it is. It has plenty of Easter eggs mm-hmm. all around. It wants to be a movie that probably deals with some themes that involve New Orleans in the 18th and the 19th, 17th century. Yeah, uh, it it wants to be a family horror movie it wants to be a movie about trauma because of yeah. course it is jamie lee curtis is in it so it makes sense um it wants to be a movie <laughs> uh where jared leto can run wild being unrecognizable it wants to like right. have all of these different things so yeah that's kind of actually just be. playing uh, morbius but you know. <laughs> he, he has well, he has more energy as cg ghost i can't recognize than he does in morbius right but, i uh, think this movie is missing a sense of wonder interesting like we, we, yeah, we're bringing sure. we've talked about Leica, and i think about paranorman yeah, we love Paranorman here. Um, yes. And like, even though it's scary, even though you get walloped with like, a, when, when when it's finally revealed about how the witch, the witch in quotes became that to the town, you're like, oh my God, like yeah. what have we been watching this whole time? But like the sense of wonder with the ghosts, I think you get that a little bit with like the, the sea ghosts and all of that water. But like part of what is cool about the ride is like, you're sitting in that turning chair and it turns you towards the dining room and you see all of the ghosts and it's like, oh my God, how are they doing this effect in a ride, right? And so it's like, while you might see the ghosts dancing in the dining room in the film, there's not like that sense of like, oh, this is cool or like, oh, this is interesting. They're kind of there. Like at the, the best sort of sense of that is is the astral projection yeah which mark moment and then like it ends weirdly because i fully thought jared leto also jumped in his body um because they grabbed the arm at the same time but you know it like it just yeah there's just something missing in this movie for me that is not allowing me to really like it in the way that you guys do but i i just feel like that's fair. I, I would say that we don't leg it as too far off from where you are, though. Like, but I, I think but we I, all have similar similar constraints with it. I agree. And I, I, like this is where I, I guess I just mildly disagree with you, Terrence. Where I, I do think there is enough wonder. It's not. I'm not saying it's you know the epitome of yeah. a movie filled with wonder, but I do think there's enough there where, for being as movie as long as it is, I think it still gets enough by for me to appreciate as far as the devotion it had to recreating the mansion and making it feel interesting and alive or what have you I, I get what you're saying as far as could there be more ghosts or what have like i guess like there's yeah there's probably a better version of this movie out there to make one day maybe del toro will do it but i do think there's well, he made crimson on... peak so he kind of did well <laughs> there's enough on just dis... combine them there's enough on display <laughs> i think where i was just generally in, intrigued by the stuff going on throughout even if the hat box ghost thing i think could have been more menacing um, mm-hmm. like I I was continually engaged with me to the point where I'm thinking 
this would have been one of like the the few movies where I'd be like, 40x might have worked better for this film. <laughs> like, I, I might have appreciated yeah. seeing this movie more if I saw it in that format. Well, yeah, because it would have mimicked the ride. It would have mimicked the ride sure. even more. And I think Actually, and I, that's a great idea. Now, and I'm not asking for you to get or me to give it this movie like the benefit of the doubt. But I do think if I'm watching Han and Mansion the movie, it's it's not like I I'm setting the bar super high here. So it's like I I like all the stuff that it is doing to try to replicate that, sure. while at least attempting to do other things, even if it would, <laughs> apparently didn't successfully get them through all the way. Well, it's like there's I I'm not trying to grade it on a curve by any means, but I am saying I appreciated what was going on enough to like it well enough. So it, here's here's the thing. Yeah. We have seen an incredible movie based on a Disney ride. Dead Man's Chest, of course. Ab- not talking about that one. The second one. Talk about the, the original one. Pirates of the, the Caribbean. One of the franchise, the second one, yeah. <laughs> De- that is pure delusion speaking. It's, not, it's the best movie, <laughs> right? It's, now. Not, it's not even hard to disturb this. No, the first Pirates. One has Davy Jones. The best. One doesn't have Davy Jones. It's that simple. Davy Jones is amazing. <laughs> and if we want to talk, okay, let's talk about that one too. <laughs> The VFX that they were doing are on Davy Jones. No question there. Yeah, yeah. And the VFX that they're doing here, mess. <laughs> but like what I'm saying is, is to me, it's not necessarily like, oh, there needs to be a high bar to clear. But it's like they have had success with live action in the past. And sure. so while I can 100% be like, as a kid, this might play a little differently. Mm-hmm. I just think the way the movie is constructed and how it's just how all the elements have come together are not great. And, and the, it can't be like, Oh, well it's like a live action adaptation of a ride because when you have strong filmmakers, strong actors, strong below the line people, you can get a good movie based off of a ride. Like none of us thought Pirates of the Caribbean was going to be any good. Yeah. And the original trilogy is phenomenal. So sure. yeah. yeah, they made it. They I, I want to counter you, time. not to be argumentative, but I want to counter you with. Uh, I wanted to bring this up earlier too, but Tomorrowland is also another movie Oof. that was made from like a Disney project or Disney property. And I, exactly what you're saying there, it's like you know, it's directed by Brad Bird, and that um, was dreadful. And it has like Jesus. George Clooney, but it's like this expansion of an idea that just didn't work. And I don't think I don't know, I don't know. If, Aaron and I didn't like it. I don't know. If you can't say it wasn't ambitious. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, Tomorrowland. But I mean, like the the it's idea one of, of the worst it, movies Disney's ever made. Yeah. Like basically, my point is like it's interesting because I don't know where the line is drawn for like a Disney exec standpoint. It's like, well, we want you to expand on this story because I didn't know anything about Captain Jack Sparrow except for the ride. And again, he gets changed into Jack Sparrow's like sort of like physique and facade uh, later in the in the ride. But I didn't know anything about him. And then that movie is directed by Gore Verbinski and has like this incredible journey that you're going on. And Tomorrowland is like this movie where it has George Clooney in it and not much else going on. But um, yeah, I I, I don't know because I, I can see where Disney is like trying to play paint a happy medium with a family horror movie. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I, I would like more of a certain element, which is the horror element. Um and more character, I guess, extrapolation. But, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm actually more curious about what you guys were talking about with Justin Simeon and when he signed on to do the project because I don't know if there were, if 
is this like a Chloe Zhao situation where there's like you can make a movie, but you have to you have to definitely play by our rules kind of thing. And um, I don't know if that it was, was like I, a, I, I mean, it feels like, like it was like a D- Disney bringing in a because he was also going to be working on Lando, on Lando at the yeah. same time. Oh, so it was like which he's no longer doing, which the trades decided yeah. to throw that information out the day before his movie opens, which is yes, a really weird after, move by Disney. And after he did an interview where he said. I don't know what's going on. Artists are fed up and that at some point they'll take their labor away, um, <laughs> which we know probably went over extremely well with Bob Iger. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it was like one of those deals where it's like Kevin Feige meets with the director. They're like, oh, meets with Ryan Coogler. Oh, what do you want to do? And he's like Black Panther. And they're like, oh, and here we also have this other project. And so he was like, oh, a Haunted Mansion. But, you know, with Black leads. And they were like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, we'll also get you a star war like we want to bring in all these people and now they are not doing star war to be fair like yeah well i mean marvel is ran differently than the other sides of yes in that regard and like something like eternals of coley's al that movie that was for one thing written and directed by her and it you know, for whatever you think about the movie, it very much feels like a Chloe Zhao movie doing, sure doing Marvel, mm-hmm. where yeah. Justin Simeon doesn't have his, it, I mean, it's not like Zhao has a ton of films either, but like, Justin Simeon has two movies, and he certainly has a voice he seems to want to project out. He has his TV series also, obviously. Right. Um, I, <laughs> It's not like there's not more to be desired. I do think there's a trace of him trying to get things in, and I do wonder mm-hmm. if there was, I do think, I I'm convinced myself that there's a struggle for him to like get that <laughs> out there. I just, okay. I, yeah. I, it's hard. Oh to, no, I, I believe I that. It's hard to think that there's not a version of the movie that doesn't have more of the stuff that we've sure. been mentioning. Yep. Yeah. Uh, slave master Jared Leto. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, even you know, we don't. <laughs> That's why he signed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he signed. That makes sense. I yes. played a serial nice. killer. I played trans. Now let me play a racist <laughs> man killer. <Yep. laughs> yikes! 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 Yeah, Marcus, um, Marcus, I want to hear more from you. I want to hear more from you about this movie. What, 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 is there other? Oh, so you want to hear more from him because he agrees with you? No, is I want because he's talking the fucking microphone, Jared. That's why I want to hear well, more. Let's <laughs> talk about Javier Bardem and and and. No, um, as far as what I, I I no I I'm I'm tending to agree with a lot of what's what's being said here. Uh, I I I I want to believe, like I said before, there was some kind of like struggle there's 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 a big uh disney established thing that you're walking into and you're agreeing to do this project with the thought that i'm gonna push and push and push and push and push and see as much as as much as i can to see what i can get away with and i'm assuming this is what's happened and and sometimes it turns into something sometimes it turns into this which is it looks like Disney won out and was like, okay, well, we see that you did this and we see you did this and we see you did this, but also, no, we gotta do our our thing. So, yeah, 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 I I I I understand it, and I, and I understand that I may want something that is. I understand this movie is not targeted at me, and I may want something that's a little bit more like, hey, you set this in 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 Louisiana. You said this during a time. This is talking about a certain history. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's have some kind of like touchy stuff here. Let's make it. You can you can make something. Uh, you know, um, you can make something that's that's tailored for kids, but also have elements of 
that are more uh, historically accurate. This is this is something that's done all the time. Mm-hmm. But I do understand. I do not understand, but I do feel that Disney looked at this, looked at some of the ideas, maybe some of the stuff that was already filmed, and said, "Okay, no." So yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean, it's kind of should have done this small act style where he tells five different stories set in the haunted mansion. I I would love that actually. I thought about that as a, I, I thought think... about this movie as a series after I watched it. I was like, I think that's right. actually if they made like a Disney Plus like mini so mini series out of this, mm-hmm. that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, well, something that you mentioned there, Marcus, that kind of reminds me, makes me think about like just the overall box office because you're talking about Justin Simeon kind of coming in and maybe like some of his ideas kind of got pushed out. This reminds like. It's it's very fascinating just like reading and, and listening to the Barbie uh stuff because Margaret Robbie is an executive producer on the Barbie movie and she mm-hmm. had owned the rights, I think, for the Barbie movie for a while. And then she Greta Gerwig approached her and that movie is we talked about it with Mark last week. Um that movie is approved by Mattel and we were all kind of just speculating, well, what did Mattel think of this when they saw the final cut? And I from what I've read and heard, like it was great that Greta had the support of Margot Robbie just to be like her yeah. ideas are what I also want to do as a Barbie movie and it's us or no movie kind of thing so with Justin Simeon and the I'm money sure helps too really the money helps too. yeah for sure <laughs> but you know just the idea of like Justin Simeon coming in with ideas and then maybe just didn't have like a crack shot you know exec team helping I, him out with I ideas. just yeah I, I think I, I, I do I'm not gonna be dumb and say like Justin Simeon doesn't have ideas. I think Justin Simeon has yeah. tremendous ideas. I, I, right. I've I seen his products and he has a lot of really interesting historical, he could pull stuff. Like if I, if we're mentioning, oh, you know, based it on some kind of history, based on this, mm-hmm. this is a, a director I would think to bring onto that project would be Justin Simeon. Yeah. I don't, maybe it's something with the clout thing. Maybe he doesn't have the pool. Maybe he was alone in a lot of this, whatever. I don't, I don't know the situation yeah. because yeah, you know, you're, you're dealing with a situation where you have Barbie, where it's a project that's being fronted by white women versus sure. a project that is being fronted by a black man. So yeah, I don't know. It's a good point. I think it's also the vibes. Um, and, and, and maybe it's just the editing. Cause like I said, Justin Simeon, is really really good at directing ensembles yeah mm-hmm. of you know making you feel each character's perspective in a scene and allowing the jokes to land while still keeping the heart of the story you know he but like a uh, bad hair i don't think is very good but i do think the best not... the best scenes in that movie are when the cast is just allowed to kind of be around each other compared to yeah. like other stuff it's trying to do he's he's really good at that um oh, no i'm Seeing that maybe bad hair was the movie that got Disney to be like, hey, we want that guy. <laughs> this to this make guy likes black people and he does horror. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but but yeah, like just that I th- I think maybe a tighter edit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you mentioned it's it's a minute over two hours and not it's like sometimes, you know, maybe just a little more rapid fire would have helped the movie and not have the actors feel sure. so siloed yeah, yeah even as they're doing things like i do agree owen wilson is very fun in the movie um, particularly you know especially once you find out like the whole deal about his character mm-hmm. 
but like you know be a little more the kids talk really fast they're used to tiktoks and stuff now you can you can speed up the pace yeah yeah no i i i i, I see where i see where you're going with that. i think if you make this the problem is i think if you make this shorter then justin loses a lot of the aspects that i actually like liked that's the stuff that goes. And it, yeah. and it just yeah. because it just becomes some kind of like it becomes more like this kind of like call and response kind of poppy the talking heads just popping up saying they're funny like i think that's what it would devolve into from disney yeah um and and while i did like some like tiffany Haddish does this very well she does the 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 offline the off uh kind of one-off jokes the one-liners and danny devito does this really well because he's you know whatever but i feel like yeah i think in order to bring this together you either have to have kind of like one movie or another movie and it seems like there's like two competing things happening here and the the more you cut it down the more it became a disney kind of win where it was just kind of like it could have been disembodied heads talking or whatever and right. this is happening over here and this is happening over here and it kind of like lost a little focus but yeah again like aaron i i here i'll agree with aaron this is why he's letting me talk and i i, I will <laughs> say that um what i don't know what i expected and what i got was entertaining enough i lost i lost interest because i feel one it's i'm not the target audience i feel two that the story was marcus that what, I, what does it mean to say target audience like last like you loved barbie this, like what, no, what, 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 what no 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 no, no. Barbie, barbie this is a target audience for kids this is a kid's movie barbie's not a kid's movie barbie's a nostalgia movie there's 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 uh, don't make me argue with you again but don't oh, the, do it there there's when you use that phrase there, i just don't know what it yes. means i i i'm okay, like okay, i'm for, making for, marcus definition out of it so i get it no, no, no. For 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 this movie in particular, the target audience I would assume is under the thirteen crowd. From the jokes that that were 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 there, and so they you're speaking hit, very broad. And the jokes and the jokes that yes, but I'm speaking very sure. much uh, school age or or small small young kids. The That's... only problem with that is that it it is. I'm not talking about like two year olds or three year olds. No, I get that. I just like when I when I see haunted man when I, and it's like black people directed by Justin Simeon in a Disney ride. Like yeah. that, that sounds like it's targeting me. Like I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right, but I feel like the, the average yeah. person going the, into the broad, that doesn't know Justin yeah, so is yeah, going. Justin Simeon doesn't yeah. know. Doesn't has never seen Dear White People. Sure. Has doesn't know this. They don't. Kids really love Dear White People. What are you talking about? That's the one thing they watch. Exactly. On and the series. Yes, exactly. That, exactly. on Net, yeah, on Netflix. That's what they watch. They watch. Well, they, they watch yeah. Avatar reruns, well, and they watch the Black people. people. That's what I mean by target. That's what I mean by target audience. When I talk about like Barbie's target audience, uh, there is a specific target audience that a lot of these jokes were not made for. And I think it's PG thirteen, and I think it all makes sense for this movie. Yeah. The the target audience, the people. When I saw the movie, there wasn't a whole lot of people in it, but the people that were enjoying it the most were kids and i have to assume we're 10 and 8 years old you know so this movie's pg-13 that, just say I, I am 10 years it old it didn't also. feel like it, it it's did a not very light, i agree it's a very light it didn't PG-13. feel like right right it's because they're compared black to their white people would be pg <laughs> there we go yes I, too many they, they add they add the black people to, yeah. you hit the limit but yeah that's what i mean by that's what i that's sure. what i would refer when i heard target audience this yeah. felt very like a very young targeted movie something yeah. that would be on disney 
on the t- on the t- on uh, on a on the Disney Channel. Well, that that brings me to up, the thing that I know Terrence you wanted to mention because those movie cost a lot of money. Right. Movie cost one hundred fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's before that's before advertising. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, <laughs> I I don't think the ghosts look terrible. I think they look fine for like what you're doing here, but. Yeah, they look fine. It doesn't look like it's $150 million worth of movie here. Uh, I, I'm curious, like, where's that coming from? Sure. Like, so that's, some of that they, has to be development fees, right? Because they've been trying to make the movie for like 10 years. If they spent it on the house, if they were like, we wanted this haunted mansion to feel like a real place, so we built the haunted mansion, uh-huh. I will give it to them. <laughs> sure. Because yeah. the, uh, the production design of that was incredible. But I know that's not what they spent. Yeah, I mean they they built the front, <laughs> and then they left, they went from there. <laughs> yeah, they spent it on the go. It just maybe Jared Leto's what? call. Well, you know those foam headstones cost a lot of money. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but I, I hear what you're saying there too, Marcus, because I didn't know the budget until after the movie, and I'm sorry, Terrence, um, and I didn't know the budget until after the movie, and like what you were saying earlier too, Terrence, like this movie kind of just takes place in like three places max. So like his apartment, the Honda Mansion, and then another mansion, and maybe Owen Wilson's car, right? There's got to be more to this. I we mean, we missed. I mean, we missed. There's a lot of, where they sent him on to space. There's a there's a lot there's a lot there are a lot of cast members for one thing. I don't. There you know, are none, none yeah. of them are drawing down twenty million a paycheck. Here, Thank but, you. No. He's not expensive but people. I, I I understand that, but it's also it is it's not like it's not filled to the brim with effects, like uh, almost to its detriment. It is. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot and, of and, stuff here. It's yeah. not filled yeah. enough, actually. In my I, opinion, I think there's, I think there's enough where I can. I'm not saying it needed to cost this, but I can see where that number comes from. Yeah. I just wish it was better represented on. Screen. And I also feel like if if you were an exec, you're like only 150 million. Okay, like compared to like a Marvel movie, where you're just like you're gonna need how much? You know? and, and I think add on top of it, I do. I mean, that is a thing when it comes to like movies that have been developing for so long. That's why like sure. Superman Returns famously cost so much money because they've been trying to make that for like 20 years before they, they finally had to did make something. sure that the eyeball and the bullet were going to be looking great. Yeah. And it, it, none of it worked out because the movie's awful. But I mean, still the now. <laughs> oh, what? You're gonna def- you want to defend not. Brian Singer's masterpiece? <laughs> uh, the, the film that opened I, a I week. Don't wanna defend, the, the, I don't want to defend the man. That experience, right, right, right. that, that, that experience, that experience. An expensive movie that opened a week earlier than Dead Man's Chest. It looks like it cost way, way less than Dead Man's Chest does. Oh, had a good trailer. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anyhow, you're going to defend Brandon Ralph? I, ha- I, I have to I, agree I with I do Aaron love again. Brandon Ralph. He's he's so. hot. He does the job. Yeah, that. he's he's uh. He does. What I, I miss that guy. He should have been an Oppenheimer. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to, to point out that there's a lot of product placement in this, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I love seeing product placement in Burger movies. King, right? It's all over the place. Burger King. He, oh, he yeah, pulled the right. sleep perfectly. Jalapeno like poppers. A Wayne, oh, like a Wayne's World sketch. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there was also a, a ton of stuff in the beginning where um, they're, I, I think like he's like walking through someplace and it's very apparent that, that they were sponsored by like Tostitos or something. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> Well, clearly it worked. Did you have a dead? Exactly. Dead, yeah, exactly. Dead, I remember <laughs> what it was. <laughs> when I watch it again on Disney Plus, it's going to be great. Can we? Is there something we can't agree on? Um, do we all want to know? Do we all want to see more of whatever the hell Dan Levy was doing in this movie? <laughs> oh, that was yeah, that, that was, was pretty fun. Like, he I was curious because like his second. name shows up on screen, and I was like, "Where yeah. is this guy?" 
he walks in for like a second wearing a ridiculous costume like is yeah. we're getting more of this right like i need more answers yeah. to this character. and they said absolutely not you yeah. get one you get maybe 20 more seconds there was there was a a scene where the, he's like in the background or something doing yeah. the piano stuff and they're walking to the next room or something and he's like no 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 you cannot sing along and i'm like okay i need more of that yeah, like is- no you cannot sing along i said oh god i want um, that i want more of that yeah you're right all right so i think we've talked sufficiently about the haunted man i think it was a good discussion yeah and it's now playing in theaters and it's certainly better than the eddie murphy movie at least. yes um, that, that i can definitely agree on which yeah. is if, a, even if you haven't seen it just it's a, it's a very boring movie and it's only 80 minutes yeah. <laughs> it's that's impressive oh. how boring it is um but regardless haunted mansions in theaters now when do people go and see this movie marcus when do people see haunted mansion um wait for disney plus okay okay yeah. terrence when it comes to your local streaming service. <laughs> yeah, okay. Disney Plus, just in time for Halloween. Yeah. Which is almost like it was their plan all along. Uh, <laughs> Abe? You know, I enjoyed it enough. I, I think you should go check this out in a matinee or a dollar theater. Oh, look at you. Got an eye on this one. Um, I, I, I agree. It is a delight of the ghoulish kind. I, I think the movie is a... I, I, the fact that it like has so much of the ride in it, I that's enough for me to be like, yeah, you can watch this in a dollar theater. Yeah. Like it, it does, I think the job, especially for the that dreaded target audience that Marcus described. So, uh, <laughs> the <I> ghoulish <laughs> ten year, eight year olds. All right, well, that's been our review for Haunted Mansion. Let's move on now. Abe, what uh, what time is it over here? Time for a very quick game here. Uh, Let it know, in fact, Aaron shopped that as the the sound effect when he's taking photos, yeah. but they said that it's too expensive. So. <laughs> that was the reason. Yeah. Right. So Money was an object when I became involved. <laughs> yeah. I've got a game for you guys this week. It's called Parental Guidance Suggested. Ooh. This is where I will read you guys clues that become more specific about a specific theme. If you know the theme that will emerge later, brownie points for you. But um, be on your buzzers as I will read them. And if you know what the movie I'm talking about, just buzz in. Tell me the name of the movie. Like clues to like what? Like what kind of clues are we talking here? Oh, these are for horror movies. But again, a theme will emerge. Uh, All right. (laughs) Two characters transform into vicious dog-like demons. Aaron. Aaron? Ghostbusters? How dare you? What? Okay. That is correct. Uh, I'll read the other clues to you. A man searches a woman's bedroom for ghosts. She tells him nothing happened in here, and he replies, what a crime. And the most specific one is, Deanna becomes possessed by the minion of Gozar Zul. She's okay. visited by Peter in sequence that is alternately funny and creepy. So there's multiple. I get it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm just going to read them. And if you know it, which you did, you buzzed in, you got it right. Uh, the next one here. <laughs> a man is murdered by being split in half from bottom to top. We see him spitting blood and convulsing. Not as bad as it sounds due to the fact that it's an old movie and the act isn't all on screen. What? Vulgar graffiti is spray painted on many of the walls throughout the Cabrini Green projects. Terrence. Terrence. Candyman. Candyman is correct. The last one is Candyman and women are shown covered in bees. <laughs> he has bees crawling out of his mouth. Uh, had had the had the name of the movie in it? What's that? The last hint had the name of the movie in it? For this one specifically, yes. Okay, but it, yeah, it will become hyper-specific, whether it's naming uh, a specific scene that everybody knows about or a movie, or I would say 
a character by name or the the title of the movie. But cool. yeah, these are all written by people under the parental guidance section on IMDb. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, the next one here. The main character's husband serves her chocolate mousse that he knows his neighbor has drugged. Jesus. The next one. Uh, a woman thrashes and screams as people hold her down in bed, believing they intend to take her baby after she delivers it. Aaron. Aaron. Mm, now I got three in my mind. I don't know. Is it Rosemary's <laughs> baby? That is correct. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like chocolate mousse. Come on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> The last, the last clue would have been the film's depiction of Rosemary's pregnancy is disturbing, showing her becoming physically and mentally very unwell, as well as those around her being implicit in the process. Uh, the next one here. Throughout the rest of the film, numerous other people are bitten and attacked, but all the attacks are far less violent than mentioned above and mostly off screen. The victims are just shown with blood and clothes for the most part. Attackers are fought off in numerous ways, including two shootings, both obscured by darkness and shaky camera effects. Terrence. Terrence. The Night of the Living Dead? That is incorrect. Damn. Uh, Attackers are fought off in various numerous ways, including two shootings, both obscured by darkness and shaky camera effects, and numerous physical attacks, such as the breaking of their necks, striking with a mallet, and strangulation. Last clue here. Be on your buzzers. Wreck is often considered one of the scariest movies ever made. Why would you even read? That? Oh, oh Aaron. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wreck. Wreck is correct. <laughs> these these final clues need some work. Yeah, I'm waiting. They for just the go. Third clue. They just go into what it is. <laughs> I'm waiting for the third clue. Yeah, exactly, Marcus. The next one here. Two large explosions, including one that is deliberately caused by a gas leak. The next clue. A living doll attacks a man driving a car. It tries to strangle him with a rope, but he burns the doll's cheek with the car's cigarette lighter. The doll Marcus? tries to stab him. Huh? Marcus? Marcus? Is this Child's Play? Child's Play That's is the correct. First one. Okay. Yeah. The last clue is <clears throat> Chucky calls Karen a slut. Okay. <laughs> Uh, is there a theme beyond horror (laughs) there is a theme okay I'm trying to Uh, that is one here Bruce is seen smoking a cigarette at a party (laughs) Patricia and Bruce enter a freezer and are locked in then the dead animals that are hanging inside upside down come to life well that sounds fun (laughs) yeah sounds pretty gross to life Last clue here. Carol Ann is pulled into the puddle in the parking garage. Then Donna and Aaron. 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 Wait, I was first. Oh. I heard Ter- I heard Ter- Terrence. <laughs> Poltergeist three. Poltergeist three is yeah. correct. The last one here for all the marbles. There is a strong supernatural threat and horror throughout, often involving children. <laughs> A woman gets brutally attacked by a possessed woman. She proceeds to slide a cheese grater up her Aaron. leg. Aaron. Oh. Evil Dead Rise. Evil yeah. Dead Rise. Did you catch the theme? I mean, I guess they all involve children to some degree. Haunted Apartments. Oh, par- oh okay. Because yeah. we were talking about the haunted <laughs> okay. mansion. There's too oh, much my- love for houses and mansions. Not enough love for apartments and small spaces that people 
can live in also. I, I, I will say that is one of the things I loved about Poltergeist 3 was like the thought of like people being in a space where all these other people are like living and safe and, and wonderful. Meanwhile, they're just going through terror. <laughs> and Rosemary and Baby, except everyone's in on the plot. Yeah. That, uh, Poltergeist 3's got good moments in it. Poltergeist 3? Yeah. I'm happy you were able to pull that. Terrence, that was good. That's a good yeah, that was great, Terrence. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the puddle. I don't remember them, the animals coming alive in the freezer. I remember the, the I remember now when, when I, now that I recognize that it's Poltergeist 3, I, can, I yeah. can picture that. But the puddle thing for sure is like a highlight of that movie. Yes. Yeah. Or, or Zelda Rubenstein's character mm-hmm. looking in the mirror and then turning into a the skeleton or whatever it's got some it's got its moments it's got it's good, yeah it's good scarce yeah. uh with that last one aaron you pulled away at the end there for uh four points for you terrence two points marcus on the board with one and then hey. i get the uh, handicap three points so i get four <laughs> i mean at least you didn't wait till the last clue for child play to get it right <laughs> yeah you got that going for you that counts as a two point that three car point. sequence in child's play always scared me as a kid because i was thinking to myself I better get the car later ready. <laughs> That's why you do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No longer available in vehicles, though. All right. Well, thanks for that game, Dave. You're welcome. Let's move on now. Let's get some about now feedback. Be back, be back, be back. This is where we go to the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, <laughs> Facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers. And then they asked us some questions that we can give some answers to. And uh, Terrence, Marcus, feel free to throw in any answers you have as we go through these. Yeah, first question we have here is, what are your favorite cinematic haunted houses? Chris Cleveland has the Overlook has to be up there, also not film, but Hill House was creepy. Uh, does the Event Horizon count as a house? I'm yes. going to say yes. Yeah. They, they sleep there, they eat there. It's a space haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, what was it? Alien. That's also a haunted house, yeah. Uh, and lastly, Justin Weatherby has Japan's uh, Hasu. Yeah, house. Mm. Yeah, that movie's nuts. In- <laughs> any favorite haunted houses that you guys have besides alien that marcus mentioned we didn't the mention conj- sorry go terrence i'm sorry the conjuring yeah is up there Pol- poltergeist one and two two solid mm-hmm. um yeah i'm just seeing chris is t nelson the tequila bottle one yes yes that's gross yeah because that, that was exactly the scene i was about to reference the, the thing coming out of craig t yeah, nelson it's so gross Something we didn't mention in the Haunted Mansion thing. I do like that they constructed a reason as to why they can't leave the house. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that's... Yeah. You know, yeah, but Abe and I have always been fans of Insidious being like, yeah, they just moved. <laughs> like, yeah. what? That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, even Rosario Dawson's like, we're out of here. Yeah, and, then, like, and no, he's like, gonna... nope, can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess Katie's been watching uh, Insidious. Oh, uh, uh, Skidamarink, obviously. Is the house haunted? I mean, it's not unhaunted. Things did not happen there. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair. Um, uh, the the haunting that house, which inspired Hill House and other haunting. Mm. Oh, right, right, mm-hmm. yeah, the original haunting. Okay. Um, it's not a haunted house. It's like Evil Dead, but that's like the cabin's not haunted. It's just like, damn, don't read from that book. <laughs> yeah, the book, the book is the book is haunted. doing the job. Yeah, they did it to themselves. Yeah. The uh, what's that movie? The Innkeepers. That movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Next question here. What's your favorite Owen Wilson performance? Uh, (laughs) Chris has Eli Cash, Francis Whitman, and Ned Plimpton. So all uh, Wes Anderson characters there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Todd Levin, our friend of the show, has Hansel. He's so hot right now. (laughs) 
Zoolander. Philip writes Francis from the Darjeeling Limited. A lot of Darjeeling Limited love, apparently. In this hey, movie. all right. He is good in that movie. That that helps. Yeah. But um, mm. favorite Owen Wilson performance. Uh, what has Owen Wilson been in? Wedding Crashers? Behind Enemy Lines, of course, Terrence. Sure. Behind <laughs> uh, Enemy Lines, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to say I enjoyed him in Loki. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Did I enjoy the series? No, but I he was I I think I enjoyed that vibe from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him in general. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, what what's one that like narrows down like everything he's good at. My mind keeps going to well, Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. He's oh, really fun in those yeah. movies. It's like everything yeah. he's capable of doing. Yeah, <laughs> we're bound mm. up in a Jackie Chan film. <laughs> On the count of three, let's say it together: one, two, three. Stars, three birds. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Midnight in Paris. Yeah, that that's actually a good one. Like right. I, I, I really like Midnight in Paris. I don't think he's bad at it, but it's like there's an assortment of other characters I think I like more. Yeah, Corey, Corey yeah. Stoll doing Corey Stoll. 110 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question here is: What are some notable movie ghost designs? Todd Libanel has Slimmer. Justin Weatherby writes two ghosts in the Matrix. Slimer. Oh, Slimer. <laughs> I thought you said... <laughs> like, it has one what? M in it. <laughs> is it a sequel to Thinner? Yeah, that's what I'm... yeah. I thought you were trying to say Thinner. I was like, you know, it's the one where the it's the horror movie where you drink too much Nutrafast and you... <laughs> uh, the next, yeah, the next or the next response is from Jeff Mendez. He writes Statler and Waldorf in the Muppet Christmas Carol. They're hilarious. Chris Cleland has Crimson Peak. Brandon Peters has Luke Skywalker and Star Wars: Colon the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> He's going to write that for every answer. Philip Hurd has uh, Santee in The Devil's Backbone. That's a good answer. <laughs> Favorite a... ghost design. That's a really, The Devil's Backbone's a great one. That's that kid who's like creepy ghost kid. He's got like the little dripping blood that's coming uh... out the top of his head the whole movie. That's Don't really... like that. That's a good, that movie's really good. <laughs> Did you... I, I love, um, you just said the title and now the title just completely escaped my mind. Devil's Backbone? Crimson Peak, I think, is a good, oh, Crimson 13 Peak. Ghosts. Is gonna be my oh yeah. Thirteen okay. Ghosts is one of the most formative horror movies for me because I was terrified uh-huh. watching okay. that. <laughs> I didn't say it was good because of Chris Catan. <laughs> I was just terrified. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard's in Thirteen Ghosts. Chris Catan is in House of Haunted Hill. House of Haunted Hill. Yeah. I'm glad you all jumped on me as if we. Of course, we know the Chris Catan role. Come on. Aaron, what the hell? We know our Tate Diggs haunted movies. Uh, he <laughs> survives, yes. This is this goes against I the... was adopted. That's what he says at the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> 13 ghosts. No, I I Terrence, yeah, no, I regardless of the movie, I do think that the it's a hell of a production design in that film. Like there's a lot going on there as far as like the designs or whatever. That's that's the sure. specialty of those ghost house, those like that Joel Silver era. That Joel Silver was that and how's an IO and um uh, house of house of wax and all those yeah. um ghost designs what else yeah he's he's technically a ghost but his buddy in uh american werewolf in london just oh yeah he, griffin he, dunn the king yeah. yeah yeah griffin dunn wow that is a good design with the slash on his face and then he gets more decayed as he, he goes just to the yeah movie. he continues to get more gross but he's still eating like sandwiches mm-hmm. yeah. you know what <laughs> back to the old wilson one dignan in bottle rocket that's like that's the uh, he's sure great. He's yeah great in that movie. okay I was like fucking up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Next question. What's your favorite Danny DeVito role? Scott Wright. Scott Neil Lasner writes in movies as Martin Weir and Get Shorty, but he was so good on Taxi and great and Always Sunny. Holy heart, it's hard to pick. 
Overall, his Louis de Palma on Taxi is my favorite. Hmm. Jason Ritter writes Frank from Always Sunny. And Chris Cleveland writes <clears throat> Martini in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. All right. Okay. Um, I think he's good in Matilda. It's the first. I think he owns the director of that, yeah? Yeah. 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 He was good in Matilda. Like it was mm-hmm. bad dad. Um, continuing hack chat from earlier, the movie Heist with Gene Hackman and uh, Danny DeVito as the <laughs> bad guy. I mean, you mentioned Behind Enemy Lines as well. He's got he's got so he's got some good lines in heist. He's got this line. He's, yeah. he's like, um, uh, he, say? he says, uh, "Everybody wants money. That's why they call it money." It's. Uh... <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw in Uncle Herb as uh, Homer's half brother, in The Simpsons. <laughs> okay, Herb. 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 I'm uh, ruined. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm Homer, I got you the chair. <laughs> I wonder what Herb's up to these days. Is there I another episode he's, of like what season 20 through 39 that we have? Probably. Seen? <laughs> he probably comes back for a third one. He's like super rich. Uh, well, the next question here is what are some great films involving mystics, mediums, and fortune tellers? Gary Swafford writes Geraldine Chaplin in The Orphanage. Good answer. Uh, Chris Cleland has The Frighteners. So he's talking about Michael J. Fox, I'm guessing. Uh, Philip Hurd has Cloud Atlas. Um, this That's the true, true Philip. So. You win. <laughs> I definitely was, and I love Cloud Atlas. I was like, "What fortune teller is in that movie?" That I forgot about that person. Yeah, the true true. <laughs> um, um, we should watch Cloud Atlas, but just the last uh, minute where Halle Berry and Tom Hanks are walking off together, like, "Get over here, the old man." Like, oh, this is a great rock band. <laughs> you know, we could have some fun. I unequivocally love that movie. It's great. I love Plot Atlas. It's a great movie. It's also got a great score. I love that. Score. Oh, the music is wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the best scores ever written. Yeah. It's a great writing um, score. Writing to that score. Talking yes. about talking about uh, fortune tellers, mediums. Oda Mae Brown, of course. Oh yes. Yeah. That's a good answer. Um. I don't know. Is that like the Zoltar and Big count as a fortune teller? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, he, and he could be haunted. <laughs> He's not plugged in. Uh, oh, to make Brown's a great answer. Damn, that's good. <laughs> I, forget uh, I, forget, I forget ghost every now and then. <laughs> right. Yeah. But she did she win the Oscar for that one? Damn right she did. Yeah. <laughs> the color whoopee. That's what they called that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Next question we have here. What are some other potential Disney ride turn movies? Who should directors star? Oh, God, one I was thinking about that this today. <laughs> Luke Thompson has Michael Haneke's It's a Small World. Oh, my God. Perfect. <laughs> no. Yeah. Don't no. thank you. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Um, I think there, Big Thunder Mountain was the ride that I was thinking about this mm. morning that I think could make it interesting. Who stars in it? Chalamet is a prospector. No. Cause he's I was thinking prospect. about, I was like, how can, cause it popped into my mind. I was like, how could you do a Western that is, you know, respectful to the original Americans, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the Native Americans. Yeah. That's what's on Disney's mind. <laughs> we, yeah. didn't make a, <laughs> we didn't make a socially well, conscious big, Thunder yeah. Mountain Railroad movie. you know, it only, it only takes them, what 70 years to swap out a ride that was 
alluding to a racist film that they won't take out of a vault because now they got a black <laughs> Disney princess, they can do that. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think some sort of, because what made pirates so good was that we were all like, what in the hell are they going to do with pirates? Right, and they were like, right. here, here's a what whole. What we cast great actors and Orlando Bloom in one of his first roles and see what we do here? Don't do Orlando. He's Bloom really like good that. in those movies. He is really good. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you're casting it at the time, you're like, what? Like the, the 17th lead from Black Hawk Downs in this also? What's he doing? Here? <laughs> he breaks his neck. Did that come out prior to Lord of the Rings? It came out this, uh, it was the. It was the Return of the King year when that came out. So, like, yeah, he's already he's got a so people had known. Who so he, he already he was already on the rise. But yeah, yeah, I think some, yeah, I just think it would be interesting. Like, what what can you do with like, you know, oh, like a neo western? I think. Um, I mean, Jane Campion. I would. Wow, this Jane Campion. Here. here we go. <laughs> okay. This yeah. is gonna be <laughs> nominated gonna... for sure. Yeah, I think Jane Campion. The obvious choice is Lars doing a teacup. I was going right. to fucking make a Lars joke for you, Marcus. I was going to say, uh, make Jungle Cruise directed by Lars von Trier for Marcus. I think that would be End brilliant. of the world, Jungle Cruise. <laughs> These two guys won't stop spinning. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe that we're the last two people left it's on snow Earth. Snowpiercer, but like, kill each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got okay. it. Well, now we move to questions that people asked us for the panel today. Alessandro uh, Masia asks, in reference to Barbenheimer, are there other upcoming or announced movies that you think would make a good pairing or double feature? Oh, we got lots of these. There's a uh, next weekend's Meg Mayhem. Um, <laughs> we got my big fat Greek nun. There's a uh, Saw Patrol is happening, right? Yeah, but okay, I think can also you give us a real answer. answer. Disney's, the, Disney's Napoleon, right? Because Wish and Napoleon come Disney's out the same Napoleon. time. Uh, Aqua Wonka, where Aquaman and Wonka show up at the same time. You know, that actually that's... might. It, I thought that they had uh, delayed Aquaman too. But... They haven't delayed it yet, so I'm still okay. going with Aqua Wonka. Okay. Uh, Purple Ferrari. That's the same studio, though. So they both come out. <laughs> they, want, they want. They want like opposing studio, opposing genre. Aqua Wonka. Those aren't the same movie. <laughs> One's about They're Aquaman. Not... The other's about Timothy Chalamet, a musical candy person. <laughs> Those aren't the same. They're both Dune stars, or they were in the first movie. What? What does that mean? So <laughs> okay. Mean? No, I'm saying that that is the that is the tie. Sure. Okay. Let's see. The, the, the... Yeah, I don't know, Alessandro. I'm, I'm looking at the the release schedule here. A Quiet Panda. It's a Quiet yeah. Place prequel to Panda. Panda Especially 4. if some things get moved, but I mean. I don't think we're going to have another Barbenheimer the rest of the way. Next year, we have Kingdom of the Planet of the Garfields. Oh, my gosh. There's yeah. uh, <laughs> Despicable Mufasa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of... Yeah, there. This so is, there, there really isn't yeah. anything that's... Nothing that's going to be... Because it, just, it doesn't usually happen. Like, there's always counter-programming, but it's rarely yeah. of two movies that are hundred million dollar blockbusters <laughs> like, yeah yeah well not even the blo- i'm just talking about like two interesting movies being paired up in the same same weekend but well, that has weekend. to happen once the internet dubs it something which is why i'm hashtagging aquawanka for the rest of the year <laughs> did they move the color purple no, they haven't moved anything yet okay but the only thing they moved are like small movies like challengers and um what's it the the ethan cohen movie they move like the little things because oh, they, they, they move the ethan cohen movie yeah because no one's gonna fucking see it no one's gonna be on a talk show talking about it it's like why are we gonna see it this? i'll watch i'll watch it twice yeah you'll That's see it we $16. do that <laughs> this release 
schedule is bleak. Yes, um, I agree. Ferrari in the color purple is the only thing I see here. Purple that is Ferrari. Like, yeah, I forget that down. An interesting <laughs> for the color Ferrari. The color all the black, all the black people are going to go see color purple on Christmas, and all the white people are going to go see Ferrari. I'll be this like, checks I saw out. a month ago at a screening at some point. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well, Sandra, we answered your question as best we could. Yeah. Aqua Wonka. <laughs> so, um, Philip Heard writes Can you think of a film that significantly improved upon its source material, be a novel, show, ride, etc.? Well, I mean, Dead Man's Chest is better than the last. I was just saying, Terrence did bring up Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll also <laughs> add in. Something that we champion all the time, Cloud of the Gents of Meatballs, which I was like, I don't know how this fucking 16-page book <laughs> this really good movie. Uh Jurassic Park, if you're gonna put bugs. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jaws. I mean, like yeah, <laughs> Jaws, yeah. Was that based off a short? Jaws? I have no idea. Was it just based off the the right? Is this a real question? Jaws? Yes, yeah. The it's movie based Jaws? off a book. It's based it's off based a best-selling book. novel. <laughs> Had no idea. It no was idea. the it was the biggest novel out there, and the, that's that's part of why it was such a huge box office this because the novel was huge. Yeah. It was not born in 1960. You don't need to be now. Let's move on. to be old to know that. The 1974 novel. The, the poster itself says based on the number one bestseller. <laughs> I, I thought the uh, the original Carrie is better than Stephen King's. Ooh, wow. yeah, I'd say that controversial, but true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. The shining Thank you, is better than the shining book. It's not just piss people think... off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Improved. Mm. I don't. Hmm. I mean, I can start throwing out like sequels and stuff, but like Ocean's Eleven is better than Ocean's Eleven because that move that well, rat pack, talking... that Rat Pack movie's bad. Yeah. Um. Damn, the fly is better than the fly. I mean, they can do that. Of, like oh, a ride yeah. as well, like specifically because because there's not many rides. That's <laughs> not a. I mean, not many rides get turned into. I'd say movies. Disney's shown restraint over the years in not doing that. They could have easily yeah. made a lot of ride movies if they wanted. Thank to. goodness, because could've... you know what happens when you don't show restraint: Jungle Cruise. I mean, if it's yeah. by Lars von Trier, it's all, gonna be great for Marcus. All this talk, and yeah, I forgot. The, I forgot Joel Cruz was a movie. Until you I only remembered it was a movie because <laughs> Abe brought it up like two minutes ago, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, that did come." Out. Yeah, the rock's immortal. That's why he knows dad jokes. The end. <sighs> That's such a crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, that was feedback. 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 Well, that is gonna do it for this week's episode about now with Ernie. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Wheel Entertainment, movie reviews, Wise Blue for Criterion, and Blue Reviews. I'm also part of the Summer of 93 at 30 podcast. This is the Brandon Peters Show spinoff where Scott Mendelson, Brandon, and I are talking all about the summer movie lineup of 1993. It's a lot of fun. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's or X at PS. <laughs> <laughs> you can find more of my stuff over at my Instagram, abe.moo, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, can I call you Ghost Baby? Marcus Robinson, we're going to find more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay, moviesmarcus.com uh, on uh, X or Elon Musk's, whatever the hell he's talking about this week. Um, uh, movies Marcus, uh, and then Instagram, Movies Marcus One. Terrence Johnson. Uh, you can find me at linoautro.net, L E N O I R A U T E U R.net, and on Twitter because that's what his mama named him. 
Instagram <laughs> at Terrence B. Johnson. All right. You can find all the other episodes about now if they're in name on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HSWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnotpocketsanyone.com. Uh, check out our Facebook, Facebook.com slash outnotpodcast, or our Twitter, x.com slash outnotpodcast. That flows. Is it, is it, it's not Twitter.com. It has to be still, right? It is Twitter.com. The second thing it, it says x. X. On, on my on my app. Yeah, yeah. on my app yes, it's but X, the, but the actual like site is Twitter. If it's called Twitter, it's, I'm calling it Twitter. <laughs> You're, we're also on Instagram, which is still called Instagram. At Instagram.com says underscore podcast. And again, I did use ratings. Good to get those. Uh, thank you, Marcus, Terrence, for joining us today. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah, thank you, Terrence. Of course. Of course. Yeah, You'll find awesome. me uh, uh, threading on threads, <laughs> too. Is that even a thing anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> for sure. Uh, next week's show... And then we got another packed show. We got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Colin, Mutant Mayhem, and The Meg, Colin, The Trench. There's so much. So many things. Can't wait. So many mutant animals of some kind. Uh, But that's going to be for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Uh, his eyes are really, really sunken in, and his teeth, like no lips. And then, like, is this the guy that you're looking for? Like, whoa, you, you just did right that? now? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> what a turn of phrase! <laughs> Devito said it, not me. Devito said it, yeah, that's amazing. You ready to have your mind blown? Critics are calling Disney's Haunted Mansion a ghoulish delight. But a turn of phrase. And a rollicking thrill ride. Believe it, believe it. Disney's Haunted Mansion, rated PG-13, now in theaters. Well, it's about time.